0: And once again we caution you, these stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now.
1: The most merciful thing in the world, I think,
2: is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little, but some day the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age.
3: Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell, and I'm Langley West. Episode 186, and it's a beautiful Bellingham day. And uh, oh,
2: bullshit. bullshit.
3: The sun is shining. <laughs> it's hot. It's no, no. I'm so looking forward to fall, but I'm stoked because we're bringing back uh, one of our favorite guests. Yes, absolutely. Uh, please welcome back to our show, author Cody Goodfellow. Hey, you
0: thank
2: happy,
3: you, so- buddy?
0: It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, know it's a it, it's a mere ninety degrees down down in Southern California. It's sweater weather, no. so <laughs> I, can't, I can't sympathize with you at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was one hundred and five yesterday, though. So Jesus, that's uh, you know ninety's better I, than one
2: hundred and five, well, I guess. Yeah, when
3: we're like we get up to like the eighty, and everyone's all oh, it's it's sweltering. Okay. Sure. I, if when it gets to seventy
2: here,
0: I'm done. I
2: that's enough. Yeah. Like I, I, I retreat into a
1: cave. Right. Well, it's yeah, yeah.
0: No, and I I can I can I can fully I can fully uh, uh 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 dig by into that into that worldview. And the the part of San Diego that I live in, I'm about 25 miles from the coast. So when they whatever they say on on the uh. On the weather report for San Diego at large, you have to double it for where I actually am.
1: Yeah,
3: right. it gets hot there, like El Cajon, and
0: yeah, yeah. I'm in Lakeside, just just over okay. the hill, and so it's yeah, it's it's like two time zones behind, two time zones and forty years behind El Cajon.
2: I, I, I remember that because I, I remember like going to the animal park, which is like yeah. way inland, mm-hmm. and yes. I'm like, and it's I'm like, oh my god, it's like the freaking desert. It's and, the, and then I yeah. got to La Jolla, and I'm like, this is great. It, this feels good. This, there's a reason all the rich yeah. people live in La Jolla.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, and, and well, it it's weird. I, I moved back to San Diego this uh, uh, this summer, and going down to the beach there, like the the Mission Beach, uh, Pacific Beach area, it doesn't feel like a neighborhood anymore because Airbnbs pretty much gutted everything. Nobody mm. can afford to actually, actually reside in, in any of those places, and so the neighborhoods are... Are all tourists? There's no locals. Hmm. It's strange. It, it feels like a like an amusement park or just a really big, poorly supervised hostel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have to like commute in order to go and have your job sitting behind the counter selling tourist trinkets.
3: Yeah, well remember that SeaWorld is I just this thing this pain in the ass that locals have to get around you know right. I and mean, that kind of stuff where like all the big tourist attractions become hazards you don't want to go near well, it's
2: like when you live in Vegas you never go to the strip screw that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like-
0: it, yeah exactly you, you you've been there and you're totally burnt on it I mean with the with the exception of the uh, of the beach because there's I mean it covers the whole coast but there's there's only there's a, a few places that we all end up and we all have to put up with it. I mean, growing up in San Diego you always figure you can park for free someplace if you're willing to walk two blocks. Any line that's longer than ten minutes isn't worth standing in. And and so you kind of you, you kind of chance yourself out of a out of a lot of good things, but you also talk yourself out of being being held hostage to something just because hey, there's a long line. That must be really good.
3: I, I I just remember like sitting there in board shorts and like a Hawaiian shirt in a coffee shop mm. called Lestats.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, Lestats is still going. It's uh it's, it's 24 hours because they because the employees kept losing the keys and they got sick of changing the locks.
3: <laughs> yeah. It was a good I was I was homeschooling my daughter and we used to do most of her lessons at Lestats. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, that, yeah that, that place is so... They're so open-minded, they used to let me play live shows there, where I could take over the evening and program the whole thing. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that makes
3: really me fun place. Um So we wanted to talk to you a, about a couple of things. Mostly that... I know you've got a bunch of books coming out, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to dive deep into a few of them. Sure. How does that sound?
0: That sounds delightful. <laughs> well, I mean, for me... I don't know how the
3: rest. Tough shit, world. Let's uh, I want to start with Forbidden Futures. I had never seen Mike Dubish's art. Not very no? beautiful.
2: It's so cool. It's so good.
0: I I love his stuff because you can really see he's he's so able to uh, do his own thing with uh, with his influences while still really uh, bearing uh, bearing them. When I first came across his work in a uh, collection of his early stuff called Morbid Curiosity. Uh, it was amazing how he synthesized the gothic Bernie Wrightson type of line work mm-hmm. with this very kind of trippy psychedelic feel that you'd have to go to like Robert Williams or some of the better lowbrow people to uh, to, uh, to find. And uh, <clears throat> his work is is so fertile. I've hung out with him before and he just keeps a sketch journal and it's almost like his hand needs something to do. And so his hand is the same way other people pick boogers, uh, or, 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 scratch the, uh, scratch the price tags off of things. His hands are just constantly drawing really freaked out monsters.
3: Yeah. I love people looking at people's sketchbooks. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen his Ireland sketchbook? No.
0: It, 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 he's, his wife, uh, uh, Carolyn Watson-Dubish, a uh, very accomplished uh, artist and mask maker, has, gotten, uh, has got talk, taken the family along for a couple of residencies. They went to Tetouan in Morocco last year, and this year they were in uh, Ireland at Shankill Castle. And he's done these sketch journals, and sketch journals do, don't do them justice. Some of his most lush, precise work just... Still, lives of architectural features and uh, uh, and landscapes and and things, and it's scary how much he's making the leap from what you consider, you know, a comic artist to uh, a full fledged illustrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's real hard keeping really up with the One of the
2: one of the things that's happened in the last uh, well, probably several years now that that I really dig is that uh-huh. artists are uh, somebody figured out and had the great ideas like. Dude, we can publish your sketchbook, you know, and yeah. and, uh, I, and and to be honest, I, I enjoy looking at those things more than Way I, better I do. Than a finished product. Well, you know, I mean, I obviously the finished products are great, and, and but but you see, you know, you see how the sausage is made mm-hmm. when you're looking at some yes. of the sketchbook, and you kind of you also see into their brain a little <laughs> more, you know, because
0: like, hey, you, you see who they are, yeah, whereas right. with finished works you see what they can do with the, the, the accomplishment but if you actually see what they what it's like hanging out with a writer and seeing what they you know what act, what kind of shit actually comes out of their mouth when they get drunk uh yeah, yeah and, and it, yeah it's a lot more spontaneous and uh he was doing so much of this stuff and so much illustration work that with that uh appeared in one maybe one place uh if ever and then disappeared that we came, uh, uh Daniel Rinquist and and Mike and I uh came up with this idea of doing a periodical using Mike's Mike's art as the anchor anchor and uh doing uh fiction what we really wanted to repay repay our mutual love of, uh, of pulp literature and, and, and pulp comics, uh, the kind of thing that is made fast and dirty, and and is still very much in touch with uh, the id or the collective unconscious, and the kind of thing that could get across really subversive, really dangerous ideas to anybody, the kind of thing that a railroad brakeman might have in his in his back pocket, and. We were looking at you know all of the various ways that people do uh, do kind of pulp stuff now, and we realized that uh, the best way to repay that while doing something really modern would be to do give people what what we came to call hyper pulp. The exact center of the cheeseburger. So much of so much of, of pulp fantasy and horror and science fiction is it deals in these very well worn, very familiar cliches and tropes, and we kind of love those and they're, they're comforting. But you have to wade through a lot of really familiar stuff where you get to that sweet spot where it actually does something really surprising or shocking or conveys a real neat idea. And so we we thought we could use Mike's art. As uh, as an in inspirational springboard to get people to write these stories that are the 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 heart of a uh, of a of an otherwise pretty conventional pulp story, so they're doing flash fiction, but rather than being kind of a vignette or a character study or weird thing that happened to me when I got high and was looking at my coffee and trying to figure out what the hell to write today, uh, to write these these things that leap right into the center of. Uh, of a really amazing scene and vision, and uh, get in and get out in like under generally under a thousand words, and we've asked a lot of uh, new weird writers and bizarre writers and some people working in, uh, in in horror and fantasy and science fiction fields, kind of an eclectic thing. And because it's an odd challenge, when we approach the uh, the contributors. We show them a couple of pieces of art, and if one of them really sends them, then they'll write a piece to that. And it's kind of like what uh, I, I think, like a, uh, uh, amazing stories or astounding science fiction used to do back in the day. They would get the art in first, and really savvy writers would come into the editor's office and they would check out the art the day that it came in and go, oh, "I can write you a story for that. I've got an I've got something going right now." And uh, so it was a it was a weird way of getting a, a, a kind of reversing the telescope and, re- and reversing the polarity of the creative process so that uh, it gives these, it, it takes these writers in, in some different interesting directions, but it also kind of liberates them to just kind of tell us neat story uh, in a, in a tight, in a really tight space. And rather than being confining, uh, most of our contributors have found that liberating. I, we've gotten a lot of stories back in a matter of hours
1: yeah, where they yeah.
0: look at that and I walked the dog and holy shit I had this crazy idea
1: <laughs>
0: and that's so fun to be able to uh, to spark and ignite in somebody and then bundle all those things together and bring them to an audience and so what we're doing is really different and we realized we just came back from San Diego Comic Con uh, where Mike and Daniel and I all held down a table in the small press pavilion which is at the back of the hall and it's a hall nearly a mile long and jammed with you know, the, the cream of the crop of the corporate uh, uh, genre entertainment industry. And so it's a very branded to death environment. And it has these, you know, just infamous now uh, uh, cattle feedlot style uh, uh, aisles. And people would come down our aisle because it was relatively sparse, because it's mostly a lot of people with self-published works. Uh, they, they don't really speak to people. And people are are so burnt and kind of wall-eyed from being being bombarded with all of these all of this product that uh, that has a bra- already has a hook in their brains that it, walking down a small press aisle it's kind of like a sunny sunny meadow it's sort of a relief and then we leap in at them before their vision clears and hit them over the head with our book and we, we shanghai them into into subscribing to Forbidden Futures Bam. and we discovered really quick that. Uh, there was a kind of, there were people that we could ju- I mean, judge, not judging the people so much, but judging how they, how they were signifying themselves. If they were wearing a lot of superhero swag and stuff like that, they almost certainly when we looked at them and reached out to them with our postcard and, and said, hey, do you like weird shit? They would look at me like, certainly not.
1: I blood-
0: <laughs> and they scoot on by. Um, but we, we recognized very quickly that there were these kind of, there were people that were in the midst of that environment who were dressing in a way that was trying to swim upstream against that, you know, brand yourself, come out, come out in your Captain America Underoos kind of a thing. And about six or seven out of ten of those people would end up picking up what we were putting down very quickly. And they were, God bless them, they were wandering around at Comic-Con looking for something different, looking for something interesting. You can
2: tell. You can tell. It's like a conspiratorial nod. uh Uh-huh. It's it's like, yeah. yeah.
0: You're sick of this shit, too? Yes. (laughs) Right this way, we have much to discuss. Uh. Uh...
3: yeah, I I, I have a I have a lot here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have numbers. Number one, um, yeah. sketchbooks. I'm going to mention right. pa- Paul Komoda's. Paul Komoda's sketchbook.
2: Komoda sketchbooks are are insane. Number two.
3: Oh. Number two. The word limit of a thousand words is. I, I would I could see how you would get ra- like razor sharp. Uh huh. Pieces. You you don't have a lot of time to fuck around. You don't have a right. lot of time to go and then this happens right. and then this happens. You're really talking about this moment, right? Yes.
0: Yes. So it's that's a punch.
3: Awesome. It's a punch. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a knock knock joke, not a Shaggy Dog story. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then finally, SDCC. Oh. We did it for years with Carpenters and. Uh, it- yeah, you're right. There, there were guys you just knew it was pointless to even get out of your chair over. Yeah,
1: you know? right.
0: Um, I, and you I, know what? Yeah, what they're what they're looking for were kind of experience They're they're there for for their uh, Funko Pop con exclusive figures and and all of this other stuff. It's it's weird. You can't look at it as a convention. I, I look at it as a little city that sets up within a city because I've been. This was my 22nd consecutive year, and from from when we self-published *Radiant Dawn* and *Ravenous Dusk* in 2000 and 2003, even I could find vendors there that would that would buy copies of the books. And so I would bring a box of the books and I would sell them to two different vendors at opposite ends of the hall. And then I would go, uh, you know, go attend programs and stuff like that. But uh, you can find your your audience. There's a Cthulhu Con within within you know San Diego Comic Con.
1: Sure. yeah, yeah.
0: Anime and everything has its has its own level and now with the the depth and complexity of social media, these guys have their uh, have their ways of interacting so that they've they've got their own shadow programs and things like that going on and uh it's 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 kind of wonderful uh i mean it, that that everybody isn't isn't buying into the, the, the same the same stuff and are repurposing or using the using the convention uh to get across their own things and their own ideas. Because yeah the, the overwhelming majority of the convention is just really exhausting because uh more and more it's not even about comics. Well I mean it hasn't it hasn't really been about comics since it's Hollywood
1: empty headed shilling. It's, it's
2: well it's I, I, I wish they'd just changed the name. It's a pulp culture
3: uh, yes. You know, uh, yeah. Do you think after all these years? I mean, you, uh, you went this year. Do you still think yeah. Comic Con is worth it for a guy for a, for a guy like you? This,
0: well, this was the first year that I was really hearing a lot of people, you know, riding back uh, across town in the trolley at the end of the day. This was the first year I was hear, hearing a lot of people really complaining about the expense and recognizing that we're paying 160 bucks to go to this thing. And it's essentially, uh, it's all a swap meet. It's the opportunity to buy more shit. And that's, if you're, if you're looking to, to get up and get in uh, ahead in the industry, uh, then it's probably, then it's probably a good idea, but I'm hearing more and more consumers finding that it's really just a bad value. It's like a really expensive swap meet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Hollywood, I think, I mean, they kind of moved in about a little over 10 years ago and for the last few years have been looking to minimize their, uh, uh, minimize their risk. The, 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 promotional parties for, uh, for movies and events and things had gotten ridiculous easy to get into very lavish with a lot of stunts and special guests and things like that and then swag bags of actual really amazing gifts when you left and they've been kind of tapering that back and making the parties smaller more exclusive harder to get into trying to target influencers and things like that and so they're they're trying to sell their shit still but they're, they're, it's kind of a relief because, as they retreat a little bit more it it becomes it, it it becomes more of a comic convention again, and there's more room to talk about comics if you love comics and that's what you're there for, you can go to panels and there's seldom ever a line you're seldom ever going to get turned away, and you'll never have to camp overnight the way you would you know to have to have get to smell a seat that Tom Hiddleston sweated in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I wanted to I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cover of Forbidden Futures right. Volume 1 um, Right And uh, Dude You guys had me At pulchritudinous, Which is one of my favorite words Of all fucking time That's how I they- won my girlfriend
0: Now Because I called her
1: that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we really want to lean into the, I mean, in the same respect that, 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 that Mike's art, uh, leans into an almost, uh, 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 mind altering, uh, is almost a mind altering substance in itself when it, when it stares at it. We really wanted to, to reawaken that love of language. I think, uh, uh, Ridiculous and surreal uh, and 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 uh, profligate perspicacity has been in the hands of the Don Kings of this world for far too long. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like using the the right word at the right time, but sometimes, by God, as you well know, Paul Gratudinous is exactly the right word.
2: Yes, it, uh, it is.
0: And so, yeah, we're 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 celebrating celebrating uh language as as art and, and and the ability for for language to do things to your brain in an in incandatory and invocative way and uh to kind of not really in a in in a decadent way but in a in a in a just a, a celebratory. It's 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 fun. We want we wanted to do stories that you that you want to le- that are short enough that we could uh, uh we could easily record them do them as audio books. So, you know stories that are fun to read aloud to each other. A
3: yeah. uh, uh, friend of mine calls them Shitter Reads. Oh, that's a good one. Well, reads short, you can read yeah,
1: yeah. on the Shitter. Well, and,
2: and so and for, <laughs> uh, you know, um, for people listening who aren't familiar with what we're talking about. And they're wondering, is it a comic book? Is it a book? Yes. It's kind of, it's kind of both, right? It's like-
0: it, it is kind of both. Mike does illustration and sequential artwork. And the first issue is a kind of a sh- uh, kind of a showcase. We wanted to make it a grabber. And so it has a 40 page long, you know, a full length story, uh, sequential art comic story uh, using his uh, recurring character, uh, Crypt Kid, who's kind of a, a dark fantasy kind of. Uh, YA sort of-ish uh, ghoul character who goes on this quest into the underworld. That's, and who's,
2: that's who's on the cover, right?
0: Yes, yes, it's on the cover, and we we made uh, we made uh, hand fans uh, at, at Comic Con, and so there are a lot <laughs> of people walking, walking around with with uh, Crypt Kid uh, uh, hand fans because we recognize that they're they're our best. Once we saw them annoying each other with them on the trolley on the way home, and then the parents going, "What the hell is this?" and taking it away. <laughs> That's a lot better than a flyer. A flyer will get dropped on the ground. A fan will be annoying people all summer long. Uh. The Forbidden Futures is going to be a, a prim- primarily uh, illustration and uh, and prose, but every few issues, uh, Mike, we're going to we're going to throw in some comics. Uh, Mike and I have written a few things, or, uh, I, I've, ri- I've written a few things that he's illustrated in the past. Uh, that we'll be digging up. We're working on some uh, original I- ideas for things. Uh, we're collaborating on a on, on a few. Other projects, and we're probably going to do a couple new mystery comics that we'll include in there as the as the as it goes on. Um, each issue we're developing is uh, has a theme to it, and so the you know the first issue was kind of our ghoul issue. There's some uh, uh, three pieces of uh, necrophilic fiction by John Skip, uh, 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 Christine Morgan, and um, uh, 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 Jeffrey Thomas. Uh, and uh, the second issue, which is going to be shipping in September, is our otherworldly issue. And uh, it includes uh, 12, or is it 14? I think 14 contributors, uh, uh, 14 pros. stories, uh, uh, an amazing lineup of people. Uh, Matthew Bartlett, uh, uh, another Jeffrey Thomas, um, hmm. uh, Jessica McHugh, uh, is, is, Christopher Slatsky, uh Ace Yes, uh, it's print. There's gonna be there's a there's a digital version and we're we're record- going to we're going to try to commit to recording audio audiobook versions of at least a couple stories per issue and putting those on the website. And yes. so I've been, wow. I've been I've been doing the readings and uh, Daniel and I have been splitting the duties on doing like the, the musical sound beds behind them and everything.
2: Huh. That's cool. Before we move on to, to the next project, um, for folks listening because I imagine some of these are available in different places. Where sure. Where do people pick up the, uh, their copy and/or subscribe to Forbidden Futures?
0: Well, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Big Cartel store. I, I'm not sure exactly what the address the address is, but I think if you if you do a search for Forbidden Futures Big Cartel, you can find our store. The uh, individual issues. Uh, uh, or a subscription it's it's a quarterly periodical. and uh, so those that get shipped to your house obviously every three months, uh, all of that information can be found there. or again, look for us on Facebook. We're old, so we're still kind of vigorous on there
2: your your <laughs> beginning search words are gonna be forbidden futures, one word dot, big yeah. right dot com and then there's some slashes and things, but that that'll
0: be enough to get you there. yes, yes, yes. Uh- and it- Flashing to get you out.
3: One uh, well, la- one last question on Forbidden Futures. Where did you meet Mike? Was it just at a con?
0: I well, like I said, I had come across his uh, uh, a collection of his art at a comic book shop in Santa Monica. I was really blown away by the, uh, by the quality and his vision, and I kind of filed him in there, uh, you know, next to people like like Kelly Jones mm-hmm. uh, uh, that I would love to work with someday, but. Uh, and the very next year I was at San Diego Comic-Con I was walking around and I happened to see a copy of Morbid Curiosity and this guy was sitting next to it and he was doing uh, live uh, you know, live sketch commissions and he was drawing uh, doing a picture of somebody's toddler and he finished it and he goes, you know she's so cute, I can't charge you for this and I thought, wow, wow, hello ooh sucker
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a publisher it's like <laughs> yeah, hello
1: yeah,
0: Yeah, uh, and he <laughs> He's he's gotten a, since then has gotten a lot savvier about knowing what his work is worth um, and fighting for it. Damn him! But uh, uh, yeah, he and I uh, have have worked really well together since on on several projects. On the artwork for All Monster Action uh, was fun because I was I was telling him about the about the pieces I wanted him to do for it as I was writing the thing, and so I would see the rough sketches and go, well fuck that's way weirder and so it kind of turned into an arms race and uh, the cover that was on the original uh, Swallowdown Press Edition was so gnarly and spectacular I hadn't I, I had written the ending of my book and, and, and so it kind, of, it kind of dared me to, uh, 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 to go further than I otherwise would have and uh, so it's been a really fertile partnership he's doing character designs for uh, my, my next big novel project uh and uh uh, doing this doing this project turning other people onto onto his work and then seeing the fiction that comes back and and stuff has been uh really really fantastic experience really grateful to to daniel for having uh facilitated this uh daniel ringquist is the publisher and does the business management and and runs the site and uh even even makes me sound you know, like like actually puts like some testosterone into my voice when I uh, uh, on the audio books and everything. He uh, it, it makes everybody involved look really really good, and uh, otherwise we wouldn't be here at all. Right. So
1: yeah,
3: very cool. Very cool. That's- I'm still, I'm still the, the whole print thing. Having lost my ass in print, I go. I hear someone doing a magazine and go, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, like, and I, it's, oh,
0: yeah. Should be said. It's a slick, full-color magazine. It's not a thing with a with uh, a, a nice but kind of flimsy cover and then and then newsprint. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's dirty pulp content. Um, but it's but it it, it it's lavish and it looks nice. It's a, it's a digest. It's like a six by eight size so they can't possibly fold it in the mail. Oh. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, it's really beautiful looking. Right. Uh, it is it, it actually, we wanted it to speak to how much we love this stuff and the, and the, the care that this kind of stuff does deserve because we love it, uh, but, it's, but, but throughout time, because, because of small audiences and the, the marginal and dangerous nature of the message or the, or the uh, challenging nature of the content, uh, a lot of times it, these things do look karate and, and they don't really hold up well over time. And so we wanted to make something that would really, uh, that would really survive and that if, you, if somebody was looking you over your shoulder on the subway rather than thinking, wow, that person's reading trash and it confirms all of my prejudices about them, uh, something that would become an eyeball trap that uh, even people who, who don't really have an instinctive appreciation for this stuff could really see why other people love it.
2: So physically, if, if we were yeah. going to compare it, uh, just I mean, just physically by size, if we were going to compare it to something, it's not um, it's not creepy or eerie. It's uh, it's analog, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Analog, okay.
0: Yeah, it's about the same size as as F and SF. Gotcha. Um, but it but it smells but it smells better. It's <laughs> it, it's harder on the spectrum, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put down the put down the Sears and Robot catalog in favor of it. But uh, yeah, it, it's better than corn cobs.
2: Dude, what about, like, could you do like a, can you, think about this? You've got yeah. stories about necrophilia. A scratch right. and sniff, a scratch and sniff.
3: Uh, speaking of good, wholesome entertainment, right. Let's yeah. talk about Mystery Meat. Mystery
0: Meat. Yes, speaking of scratch and sniff, <laughs> uh, yeah, we really wanted to put together a scratch and sniff edition of that. Um, yep, uh, Mystery Meat was kind of the culmination of Mike's and my. Shared obsession with uh, with gnarly horror comics. Uh, he does art for a kind of creepy, uh, sort of a Warren comics nostalgic comic uh, thing called the called the Creeps. Uh, Dude,
2: and I, I love the Creeps. By the way, they're, they're doing uh, good work. Yeah,
0: I, I wish they'd work with more new writers. From what I've heard, everybody wants to work with them, but they they still work with a uh, uh, Don Glut on a lot of the, the well, like, I
2: that's. Said. But that's a marketing thing. That's their draw. Is that like, hey. Old guy, remember this yeah. magazine you used to read? And here's yeah. these guys are still writing shit, you know. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, I, re- I remember right.
1: the arts
0: from from creepy from Warren really fondly. There, there's not nearly as many scripts or writers that that I remember with the same sort of uh, the same sort of attachment. That's but
1: true.
0: Uh, I, I I did a, a piece for uh, uh for the uh for Dark Horse's resurrected uh, or rebooted Creepy uh, a few years ago. And uh, so we were We had this love of this thing But we're finding that even uh, We couldn't even find anybody willing to exploit us And take our work away Uh, So we ended up self-publishing Mystery Me I had come up with the idea And I pitched it to to a couple of comic book companies Of course very, very ineptly And and I don't really have any connections So, But I was able to persuade Dark Horse To publish uh, an eight-page story uh, that was appeared appeared on MySpace. Dark Horse presents, um, and uh, it was it was an eight page piece uh, 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 called Mystery Meat about uh, about the uh, uh, this family that goes to this fast food restaurant and they're test marketing this new product and the, the little girl doesn't want to eat it because she's vegetarian. The dad assures her uh, that it's uh, that it's not grown from uh, animals, that it's cruelty free. and They they sit her down and let her watch a video that show how they they uh, it, uh, they just use the they inject the flavor from those animals uh, into this into this protoplasm, and uh, it uh, it didn't take off as a dark horse project. Uh, but rather than wait and try and shop it around, we went the Kickstarter route and we did a we made a forty eight page comic like with four, uh, 12 page stories, very much in kind of the EC and Warren style with a with a little mascot. Um, uh, who narrates it, and uh, uh, s- supplemented that with uh, some fake news articles and one prose story and some fake ads and things. And uh, yeah, it was we were able to limp to completion on uh, on it as a, as a Kickstarter campaign. We made uh, about 500 copies. We also made a, a coloring and activity book, as if put out by uh, the by. <laughs> The family feedback, the fast food franchise involved in the thing, if they were totally insane. So it's, uh, Cowboy Cows, Family Feedback, and Activity, uh, and Activity, uh, uh, book. And we got artists, we we got a lot of other artists, uh, to contribute to that to do, do pinups and things. Uh, uh, Jim Agpalza, uh, Shintaro Kago, incredible, incredible body horror artist. Uh, uh, Nick Gucker did a couple of pieces for us. Sinclair Klugarsh, just some, uh, uh, amazing stuff, and it's got you know word searches, uh, a personality test written by a psychotic pig. There's a maze. Uh, so yeah, a, a lot of a lot of good grown up, uh, healthy activities uh, that will make you friends uh, at the at the boardroom meeting. Uh, right. I,
3: I love this. A, a vision of human extinction is American as type two diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also self publishing. I'm. I'm curious do you I always worried about there's mm-hmm. the, it's by being the person that's making the call you mm-hmm. you you run the risk of getting your your ideas and your vision of that whatever that project is out but then you also have run the risk of it being the you show, you know what I mean? Like, go go the other direction and, and you know, it's only your friends and you're no longer well, picking the best this, you're just picking a bunch of your pals. Right. Well, it,
0: it, here the like with, with forbid. I mean, with the self-publishing stuff, when um, uh, my friend Adam Barnes and I started uh, Perilous Press, it wasn't so much out of frustration because nobody wanted to publish me. I didn't shop Radiant on Ravenous Desk around. I had written a gaming guide uh, for a gaming company that'll go nameless because every anybody who wants to can figure it out pretty easily uh, they accepted a book of mine and then didn 't put it out for ten years and then when they did uh, they had other people uh, contribute stuff to it i didn't have any oversight and then they tried to put it out without a con give me a contract and a lot of it was just mistakes i don 't attribute any of it to to malice, but I was so mistrustful of uh of publishers that i, I I just figured I, I would try it myself. And uh, this was back in 2000, and we did offset printing. We we went all in went, uh, printing 2,500 copies of Brady On* and 2,000 of Ravenous Dust. And, yeah, we kind of lost our shirts. I mean, the book still is a slow but steady seller. Um, and we've tried to move Perilous to uh, publishing other people's works. We did, uh, some, uh, did a book by Michael Shea, one by Brian Stableford, another by David Conyers. And there, it was uh, it was a relief to be promoting somebody else's work to not yeah not have it be the, the 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 me show. Let me tell you why you should trust me and buy my book when nobody in the publishing industry would trust right,
1: me. Right, 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 right. But on the there, other hand,
3: yeah, there, I think it's it's yeah, for, it, it's better to rule in hell than serve in heaven, right? Sure, it, sure. It's better well, to go I, at least if it. If I'm going to hit the rocks with my career, at least I'm going to have my hands it's on this.
2: Better to die. It's better to be a broken piece of jade. <laughs> <laughs> I, shit, I can't remember the quote now, but
0: uh,
3: but it, yeah, but, I, but, uh, but uh,
0: yeah, I absolutely agree. I agree with you. I would, I would rather have uh, a, a product languish in obscurity and have done all the work myself and have it be exactly what I wanted, mm-hmm. than to have something come out and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and have it be changed so that I don't feel proud of it, so that I, I feel like I may as well have been selling children's shoes
2: well, or something. I mean, it's 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 a different world now. There was, you know, there was a time where if you self published, that was a dirty word. You know, yeah. it was a vanity press. He's like, oh, we're not even going to look at that because it's completely different now. You've got. Uh,
3: Shit, there are like, no more rules. Look at like look at a guy like David Moody who who sold his did his book online, yeah. a chapter at a time, I'm and gonna, then ultimately got a book deal. I'm trying
2: to I'm trying to remember there was some some big ass author, one of these like a like a I don't know like a like a Tom Clancy type guy, but not that not him who got sick of like dealing with these fucking you know and and started publishing his own shit. It, yeah, and and. Because of, I, I guess, largely because of the internet and and the, and the way technology works now, it's. I, I almost think it's preferable to do things yourself now. Hmm. Yeah. If you,
0: if you can, yes, yeah, okay. and, and if you find a, if you can find a market, a a, 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 a big part of the, of of the problem is just that the it gets harder and harder as uh, all of these social media that we've come to rely on. Like the like the agora of Athens or something, Uh, like the like it's a public forum where I can go in and sell my stuff. It's a marketplace for ideas. Of course, it's a monetized thing. It's a mall. Everybody, everything there is for sale. Right. So, uh, Amazon has gotten tougher on on customer reviews and a lot of other things that uh, the Amazon the Kindle Unlimited thing has made it harder. Uh, It it, when when they went to the Kindle Unlimited plan and. People who had Kindle Unlimited could buy the things for free, but the author doesn't get paid or doesn't get considered. They yeah, doesn't it's, get cons- sale until they've read a certain um, amount of it. For fuck's sake, imagine if you only had to pay for the books you'd actually already read. Uh, but but uh, they and and it's harder for uh, it's harder for you to get reviews using the social media uh, method because if you're entangled with somebody on on Facebook and things like that, they've disqualified reviews of people's books uh so it does make it harder for you to advance uh, something by word of mouth or to use uh use social media for guerrilla marketing because of course they they want to make money off of it uh, right. facebook they they want to push they they want you to to pay to uh actually see your friends uh yeah, it, or, or see an audience right, and it's right. Yeah that's
3: yeah
1: yeah and
3: then the, the part of the job becomes like when I remember just recently when Lo came out, it's like, oh, here's right. another social media thing. Do I have to sign up for this? I have to sign up for it to to at yeah. least reserve my name. And oh my
2: God, it, it's it's like, uh, you know, we see the same thing. You know, we've talked about this several times. Uh-huh. How many streaming services for content do I need to belong to? It's like, yeah, you know, after a certain point, it's like, look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay more money. This 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 and this it's
0: just and their and they're, yeah and their their inclination their their mm-hmm. business model individually as, as studios and content creators is create your own stuff get get people onto onto your platform and so you know Disney's going to pull all their shit off of Netflix and eventually you're going to have to right. buy one for, well if you had to buy one for each studio then then there'd only be four but you'd only you'd be getting ninety nine percent of what what's in theaters right. but. Only half, if that, of you know what actually exists in forms of film, filmed entertainment. This is why I and still that, just I buy
2: physical products because yeah. ultimately, I, it, it, nine times out of ten, if I buy a physical product, chances are some of that money is going back to the artist.
0: Sure, sure, and you well, and you can also control it, and that's why they that's why they, that's the other thing that they hate is they they want they want everything to be licensed rather than owned,
1: mm-hmm. right
0: and so if you, if you have a like, if you are subscribing to them and you can watch the movie as many times and you can watch it on whatever, whatever platform or something, but when they lose that, lose that movie, it's gone again. And you'd have to follow it over to whatever content provider has the subscription now. Or you can go back to your yeah back to your shelf and, and watch your video. I, I never threw away all my vinyl. I mean, when everybody else was getting rid of vinyl, uh, I, I got a, a couple of turntables And a mixer, and everybody I knew who was getting rid of their vinyl just unloaded it all on me. Mm, uh, right. So you know I, 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 yeah, i'm a, I'm a big believer in holding on to that that media that you love. Hell so that yeah it's nice. It's it's you don't have to ask anybody for permission to to watch it. that's preposterous.
2: Right. Absolutely. plus you are now the cool kid. Yeah. you yeah. got all that fucking vinyl.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I'm the one playing I, I'm playing I'm playing I'm DJing for tips at the children's shoe store instead of just
3: <laughs> 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 Tell me about what mystery meat is about.
0: Okay. Um Mystery Meat is uh in short about an artificial uh fat grown meat product that is tested in a uh in a, uh, a corporate meat packing town, where pretty much they they own everything and everybody. Everybody is either an ex felon or uh, uh, or uh, or a migrant worker. Uh, oh my god,
2: that's where I grew up.
0: <laughs> oh really? <laughs> uh, like the or, or Sacramento region? No, no, no.
2: I, I, off air, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, okay, because <great. laughs>
0: they're still looking for him. Um, <laughs> <coughs> so anyway the uh the idea is that they this this company that was hit by uh uh, 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 uh the spears spears meat packing company were hit by an eco terrorism attack wherein all of their cows were infected with a uh variety of mad cow that causes them to scream no and uh <laughs> so they have to destroy all their cows and so they got a special dispensation to go into this fat product uh into this uh into this artificial uh, stem cell product and uh it's a it's a it's a form of it's a form of protoplasm that can be made that can be flavored and tailored to uh to taste like and take on the properties of anything and so because it is such a it's essentially dream flesh. It starts. It starts becoming other things for other people. There's a story in there called "One Piece at a Time" about a, a diner waitress uh, who longs to have a child, and she uh, starts stealing away raw bits of the meat uh, from the, the diner, and then she gets a job at the actual meat packing plant, and uh, she assembles a little uh, a little child. It's kind of kind of also a nod to uh, Jan Svankmajer's Little Odic.
2: Uh-huh. Um, oh, dude, I love that.
0: Right, um, and and so you know the the, but but of course children grow up, and uh, so each of the stories is kind of about how the the town succumbs to uh, succumbs to its having it, its own un, desires unlimited and set free for them, but it's based around the the Chinese proverb that if the right man uses the wrong means, I mean I'm sorry, if the wrong man uses the right means, then the right means will work in the wrong way, so that. By, they're doing something that, that is good and necessary for the environment and for the sustainability of our civilization, but they're doing it because it would be easier and cheaper and also because they think it'll give them a foothold in, uh, the burgeoning, uh, uh, human organ, uh, market. Uh, and so it, it has these unintended consequences because it's, it's, if there's a cautionary message in it, it's, it's not really anything more specific than that, uh, if big corporations start doing things, start uh, looking at the things about sustainability and uh, and and uh, fighting climate change and stuff, that's when you should reach for your revolver because they're probably not doing it because they actually care about these things. They're doing it because they have another product they want to sell you. Right. As things continue to go on the same, same slide they've been. So, uh, and it's fun. Um, we, we wanted to put kind of the same sort of uh, very subversive dark kind of darkly sarcastic kind of take that uh 70s underground comics like uh, skull and slow death eco funnies uh had where they would uh take uh, take a real issue and find this this surreal surreal way of examining what made us so uncomfortable about it because uh one thing that bothers me about horror is that horror has become so much a genre of things Mm-hmm. Of you know these these kinds of things that happen, evil children, evil comes to a small town, uh, you know mummies and vampires in unlikely places. You know it's a strip club run by vampires.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: yeah. You can imagine how much, yeah, how much nakeder they'll they'll get. Yeah. So <laughs> it's. Got- and the, and the weird thing is, is that even people who love horror, if you're reading these same scenarios over and over again, if you're watching the zombie apocalypse year in and year out, eventually it stops being shocking and challenging, and it just becomes it's a, a different kind of comfort food.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and so I wanted to look at, you know, what are the things that we are still squeamish and uncomfortable about examining? Because that's where, that's where real fear lives. And one of the things that, of course, uh, we are we, we we confront every day, but want to know the least about is what the hell we're actually eating. Um, uh, things like a uh, uh, fast food nation, um, uh, supersize me, and yeah, all that together. stuff. Other, uh, yeah, uh, you know, going back to the jungle. Uh, by Upton Sinclair, uh, we've always had this wall, firewall between uh, between us and and the means of production and understanding what what actually goes into these things. You know, for a lot of reasons, part of it part of it is shame because we like to think of ourselves as rugged, independent uh, Americans. We we like to think of ourselves as as living in that white house in the cornfield with the picket fence, um, and and yet we are. We are divorced from all those things. We're consumers of these products, and we're we kind of marginalize the people that actually make them. They're they're actually you know the factory workers and the people that we're now trying to build a wall to keep out of our country. Um,
3: well, isn't is it weird? I just encou- I just recently went vegetarian, and I'm encountering this stuff like new. What is it? Not new meat. That's something that's, else. That's your thing. <laughs> um, beyond yeah. meat where it's like oh it's not, it's all it's completely okay to eat. Well, and it's they get very vague about what Well, the, and that's it's right. it's it's
2: funny because um, as you've been talking about this Cody and, and and I saw an issue of a Mystery Meat back like uh Crypticon, right? Two Crypticons ago. Yeah, and it, it was this awesome cover with this beautiful lady with a cow's head at, it's it's great. Um, and I, I, almost on a daily basis, you see these like stories coming up as like, you know, um, these Chinese scientists are making you know quote unquote meat out of poop, yes, out of out of feces. Um, yes, yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah I'm not joking.
0: Like the first is... next year. There's <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're trying to find a solution. Uh, to this, to this, this Hydra-headed problem of 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 you know corporate farming and, and and the waste thereof and the expense and the resources and all these other things, but uh, it's like cold fusion. It's it's the race to find a cheeseburger that doesn't taste more expensive well, than it weighed in cash and tastes like shit. Right,
1: right. Well,
3: Christ, there's there's literally a product on the market called Soylent now. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I used to work for a guy
3: that had like a freaking truck
2: full of that stuff and he's like hey man check this out I'm like no no (laughs) I saw the
0: movie (laughs) before we make it Will Smith's going to be screaming that shit's only 20% people (laughs) Uh, tell me about Sleazeland Okay, Sleazeland. Yeah, Sleazeland was a was a kind of a departure for me that, that uh, followed on a big departure in my life. I've been living in Los Angeles for a long time, uh, just writing and keeping my head down and trying to stay off the streets. And uh, uh, for one reason and another, I, I grew this really hideous uh, skeevy beard, and uh, I started getting acting asked asked to appear in short films. And before I knew it, I'd ended up with a SAG card, and I went into background acting. And I appeared on a bunch of TV shows, mostly playing homeless guys, junkies, wizards, homeless junkie wizards, um, bikers, biker junkie wizards. And um, I had had been around the entertainment industry and had kind of learned early on to just, just steer clear of it because the it it it's like a it's like a bug zapper it draws it draws the most beautiful talented attention star people from all over the world and uh and and it and it fries and incinerates them and you kind of uh drive around on the highways and uh and and, and slam dance aimlessly in, in in clubs with these these empty people who s- still have this dream and nothing really else and as times have gotten harder in Los Angeles now there's there are homeless people who are regular working actors that yeah. I mean uh, that, that go to work uh, in in backgrounds on TV shows and then they have to call a number to find out where the camper that they're living in is parked that night and that's that's the dream now and it's it's so weird because it's in the, the inequality and this the starvation the the way that we're all dying on our feet for this you know hoping to win a lo- win the lottery uh is is really uh it's it's just so prevalent there and everybody's just kind of marinating in it um that it was uh it, it was an experience i ended up i i got, i got burnt out after about a year and uh and i left los angeles i mean again for one reason or another that I won't go into, but uh, after I got out, it was—it uh, it felt like I'd been pearl diving in a sewer. I—I uh, I, I, I guess I peaked when I was—I uh, was in a—I played an Amish farmer in a Days Inn commercial, and. Um, <laughs> I know, right? And it's still, they're still booking it. It still plays in sports, bar, uh, uh, during football.
3: Because when I think Days in Motor Lodges, I think the Amish. Right? Yeah. yeah. When yeah, I think it Cody Goodfellow. Is. Yes. Yeah. And we, yeah, and we shot it
0: in Uruguay. So it's authentically Amish. Uh, but it's, you know, it was just such a weird, surreal experience, and I know, I, I know every every writer, every embittered writer uh, that's ever come to Hollywood and, and crashed up against those rocks has written a book about it, and, and so it's kind of my day of a locust.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: Have you? And, I, I was going to ask. Yeah. Have you read Matthew Stokoe's High Life?
0: No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, okay. I like. I. I, I he's a. Oh. oh wait, I'm thinking of James Stokoe. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not familiar with it.
3: Uh, just curious, it's the same sort of a thing. Day of the locust, sort of really hyper sleazy look at, at living in L.A.
0: Right, right. It's it, it's. Uh, I mean, I I once we had a pizza party uh, uh, for our daughter, and we had a uh, we had just like several square yards of leftover cheese pizza, and I I resolved to take it down to Silver Lake and give it away to some folks living in, a, in tents to the bridges, and I, I I drove it down there. And uh I find the tents and they're deserted. And this guy's like, Oh yeah, they're feeding everybody over by the over by the lake. Go over there. And so I go over the over by the lake and I see a bunch of homeless folks and I go over to them and I go, Hey, you guys want some pizza? And they go, Are you the caterer? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh, no, we're playing homeless. I'm like, Where are the real homeless people? And they're like, Oh, they chased them out of here.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. Ooh. Pizza. I Ooh, pizza i'm almost i'm
0: um, like you're an act. you want for you'll take this free pizza and I'm like, well, right yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so yeah hungry people ate that pizza but uh uh yeah i i call sleaze land it's like a cross between sliders and where the day takes you uh uh because because the that's i know how to build a uh a, a, a grabby elevator pitch yeah um because I was say,
2: well, yeah. the, the 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 character that we're following through this like weird Hollywood yeah, um, is is actually slipping in and out of different
0: uh, what's the word I'm different for? versions of of Los Angeles. There you yes, go. Yeah. he's coming to after he comes into contact with this with this young lady who's come to Los Angeles to confront. Uh, this guy uh, who knocked her up, who turns out to be the uh, long missing founder of a cult that started out as a sketch comedy parody of Scientology, um, and so yeah, that did a parody of Scientology, and they ruined his life, and so he went, "Well, fuck it, I'll start my own cult." And uh, it's it's about it's built it's based around you know creative visualization and visualizing the reality that you want to live in. And, uh, and then going and finding the you that lives there and, and killing him and taking his place. And, uh, so after this guy comes into contact with this woman and her unborn, uh, unborn child, (coughs) he starts falling through into different versions of Los Angeles that are, you know, all kind of, I mean, to his mind, at least a lot worse, like one where the evangelical Christians took over and, uh, all programming that's not based around the Bible is uh, is anathema, and uh, so they find themselves making Bible, biblical softcore porn films and you know biblical rap videos and <laughs> all the other garbage. They they they've killed Atlas and they find themselves having to hold up the weight themselves. And uh, you know uh, uh, there's another version of Los, Los Angeles where. Uh, the the desire for attention and the desire to be on tv is 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 considered a mental illness they don't lock people up for it um but they but they really genuinely are concerned that anybody would want to do that because uh something something's wrong all of the all of the weird impulses that cause us to seek status and and acquire wealth and then build a huge fence around it simply don't exist and uh, that's for him. That's the worst nightmare of all because they ask him, "What is this? What is this acting that you say you do or want to do? I mean, are you? Do, do, why do you want to go on television? Do you even have a teaching degree?"
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, uh, the uh, looking at the the all of the various ways that uh, that Los Angeles could. Uh, fulfill its role of being our 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 bullshit our, our bullshit factory, of telling us the lies that we need to believe to get through every day. There's uh, there's there's variations variations on that and interspersed throughout the book because of course this guy doesn't want to just be a, a, a homeless background actor all his life. He uh, uh, has pitches for movies and TV shows and uh, and and things like that, which end up. Uh, uh, Commentary, commentating on, uh, and also partaking of the of the plot in the book. Uh, so it's it, uh, it's about that that desire to make it for its own sake, and and that that weird horror when you give your life over to something that you can't really can't really stand to, to parse out, uh, it can't really stand it, that that you have no control over. It. And ultimately that's a scary thing i mean it's 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 a it's a nightmare trying to make it as a writer or creator of content creating your own stuff uh in uh in the modern world but if you're an actor you're basically sacrificing every other opportunity in your life and honing yourself and your identity and the way that you think and your personality towards being an action figure towards Mm -hmm. being you know a, uh, towards being a uh, a last decision that's made on a project and having right. absolutely no control over it and trying to do everything your uttermost to mm-hmm. conform to whatever these goals are, and so it's yeah it's it's of course there's there's rampant uh, rampant sexual abuse and uh, and 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 casting couches and all kinds of horrible things like that because. The stakes are so very, very high, and and so many people come there determined to do absolutely anything to make it. And the people that are there, uh, that uh, that that run these programs, fully recognize this. That this was would be a way to gain gain uh, power, uh, all the power of politics, with none of the accountability. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, it's it's um, people. You mentioned earlier, you know, playing the lottery. It's it's a lot like that. Except yes. that, except that you're investing. It's not like oh, you know, I take twenty bucks out of my paycheck each, you know, paycheck to to, to buy a lottery ticket. No, right? It's it's your entire freaking life.
0: I ran away from home and I live under a bridge to play the lottery. Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. And um, and I know some. I, I I well, I I know someone who. Um came you know from that world and and they're right. now kind of a husk of a
0: person you
2: know I, it, I go ahead Cody.
0: oh no no I, I I was going to say I I the bitterest writers that I know are uh, people in Los Angeles even even ones that have that have you know by my lights made it and have and have very little to complain about um they they can somehow even if you get your birthday cake, somebody will come out and sit in it before they actually give you a slice off of it. Uh, it it's, it's weird, it's weird and it's sad, and you encounter this whole ecosystem of, uh, I mean, I don't believe in vampires, but I you can't come away from Los Angeles, uh, from Hollywood, from any serious uh, sojourn in Hollywood and not believe in psychic vampires. Sure. That, that, there are people out there who actually can feed off of you by, by telling you bullshit and, and getting you to, getting your hopes up and getting you to set up deals and go to auditions and go to things for projects that will never actually find financing. And, and you wonder about these, about these things because nobody's conning anybody nobody's getting rich off these things and the, and the films aren't getting made I mean for every film that does get made there's a thousand ill-fated things that die and end up in a nameless grave somewhere after people put months and years of their lives into, into trying to make it happen it's like, it's like a space program where everybody's building a space capsule in their backyard if you if you stand out front of a grocery store in los angeles and ask everybody who walks out of the grocery store how's your screenplay coming along nobody's gonna say what the fuck are you talking about they're gonna say oh you heard yeah 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 finally (laughs) somebody yeah and i'm fascinated by places where everybody has the same kind of madness where it's a boom town where everybody is 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 caught up in the same sort of mania um but uh yeah if you you can only only deal with it for so long uh if if you don't if you don't partake of it um i found myself act, uh doing the acting as an ironic thing and and then when it came it came easily and i was getting a lot of work and it was really fun because it was a relief as a as a writer and as a creator to be told exactly what you have to do right. and how you have to do it Wow, that's 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 a that's wonderful. I don't I don't want any input. I don't want to have to uh uh to have to do this stuff. You're just going to feed me and treat me like like non critical evidence in a in a criminal trial and and then pay me at the end of it? Fantastic. Let me be your action yeah, figure.
1: Yeah.
3: But uh I also, love, I also love the places where those two things can sort of converge, like Comic Con, where you've got this tract of people that are there purely as fandom, and then this other tract that are trying to get trying to get that meeting with that person yep. from right, 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 and to watch oh, yeah. those two intersect, me, yes. and the the total ego humping that happens with all of the yeah. all the talent is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Even even people that are making it can can be really fragile and insecure, and the industry has a vested interest in keeping them. So, right. Uh, and so it's yeah. Uh, after seeing seeing the same seeing the same uh, mice running on these treadmills year in and year out, and and seeing them get tired and seeing what happens when they when they falter or try and take a break on the treadmill, uh, it kind of kind of cured me of the desire to get on there and run, be a mouse. Yeah. Um, or at least, or at least, no, I'm going to go home and build my own treadmill.
3: I'm going to run it a different yeah. way, right. <laughs> right? That's
0: right. That's right. So I'm, I'm going to run.
3: Yeah. Are all of three of these things available through Perilous Press?
0: No. Uh, uh, Mystery Meat is available through Perilous Press, and it's on Comicsology if you want to do the digital thing.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: okay. And uh, Forbidden Futures is available through a big cartel. It, that's officially put out by Oddness Press, which is Daniel Ringquist's, uh outfit. And uh, Sleaze Land is coming out in September from Eraserhead Press of Portland.
3: Nice. Oh, cool. It's,
0: yes. And mm-hmm. I've got a, a bunch of other short stories coming out around the same time. I have a, a short story called Diablitos that's appearing in Flight or Fright. It's a Stephen King Edited anthology. Nice. Uh, I uh, my story at the writing school is getting reprinted in Ellen Datlow's Best of the Best of uh, or Best of the Best Writer of the Year.
3: How awesome is Ellen?
0: My God, she's yeah. one of the best editors to work with. I mean, not just in a in, in in just. I mean, a lot of editors treat it like a party. You just invite a bunch of people and go. I love your costume. You're in. Uh, I, I Ellen gets under the hood and, and works on things and sees things to a degree that. uh uh i'm i'm not used to but but really relish it mm-hmm. uh it, it it's like finally it, it's like being a uh, you know a, a masochist and finally finding a truly dedicated sadist <laughs> uh uh it, it, it you know cause i if you if you want to get want to get better if you want to strive uh, uh it's, that's the kind of person that's the kind of person to work with Absolutely. um and and when she buys one of your one of your things you you know you know you, you didn't fool anybody you actually you actually got one over
1: yeah, yeah that's,
0: awesome. uh, yeah. that's awesome. she's a force of nature and uh,
3: and what are you working on right now right now
0: I've been doing a lot of book editing work and uh, and I'm working on Forbidden Futures and um, I'm trying to get my next novel UnAmerica into its uh, into its proper place it looks like that's going to be coming out from Kingshot in 2019 I'm trying to line up a couple of new collections and I've got a couple of short stories that I'm, uh, that I'm bashing out. My, my life is in kind of a, a, a real weird flux period right now where I'm only starting to get a handle on where I'm going to be in the next couple of months mm. uh, vis-a-vis you know, where I'm going to live and what I'm going to be doing. So I've tried to keep that flexible, but I have my next big novel that I've been uh, burning to, to do for years and years. I've done a lot of smaller projects, because they were less demanding than this one it involves more research than i've ever had to do it's a big period thing it's a big departure in tone and scope uh but uh i feel like i'm finally ready and i feel like that's the thing that i need to do because i i can't wait if you know when you have an idea in your head that you that never quite gets realized of course it's you know it's like carrying around a, a, a baby in your head or having a big chunk of your brain that's kind of walled off and I more than anything else, I can't wait to have that thing done and yeah. be able to actually for the first time in God, maybe my whole adult life, ask myself, okay, what do you want to do next? Because I don't have anything that's, you know,
2: like if you can do this, like yes, this is the corpse that you've been dragging around <laughs> for a long exactly. time. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh my God, I had two hands all along. <laughs> and and folks can find you on Facebook and all the mm-hmm. usual suspects. Right. Awesome. Oh yeah. Yes. Thanks so much for coming on again, dude. We
1: we We love your work, and
3: and it's awesome to be able to sit down and talk with you. Absolutely.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure. You gentlemen are are wonderful, and I applaud your impeccable taste. Ah,
1: (laughs) We're going to take a
3: break, and we'll be back in just one second. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. This is that yeah. moment in every show where we just right. kind of go like, "Jesus, like that guy, right?"
2: <laughs> well, this is the moment in the show when I when I'm always like, "How lucky are we?" I know. You know, to and to we talk
3: about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's nice, and it's it's also nice to be able to share it this way. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to second hour stuff. Those are people who died. Yeah, people <laughs> who died. Um, first up, Patrick Williams. He was a composer. He did. the th- uh, Breaking Away, and he did not do the theme, but he did all the music to Mary Tyler Moore.
1: Oh, cool! By the, the way,
3: way, Breaking th- Away,
2: my favorite sports film of all time.
3: Yeah, something like uh, Hoop or Dr- uh, Hoosiers, or no, no, Breaking. Yeah. For Breaking me, away? It's,
2: for me, it's Breaking Away.
3: Yeah, I can't believe I'm like, no, that's not no, your favorite. You can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Bill Loud from PBS's An American family. Remember yeah, the loud oh family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the father died. Uh, Yale Udoff, he was a writer on the 66 Batman. Oh, wow. Um, he was responsible for a lot of that stuff. And uh, he wrote on a bunch of other stuff.
2: I hope he came up with the idea of bang, pam, bam,
3: pow. Absolutely, too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: and then this is kind of a weird one. Um, this is not about anyone who's famous, but... Uh, back in the day, we're talking like seventy three, seventy four. Uh, I was, I had a friend named Steve Coleman, and uh, it was Steve Coleman's birthday the other day, and I said happy birthday to them, to him, and a friend of his contacted me to let me know that Steve had died a year ago. It's it's really weird, and it kind of blew me away because Steve was a guy who. Uh, it was fucking funny, man. And, and you know, this is being friends 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. Right. And then to disconnect, and then you find, come to, uh, back together, and you find out, like, oh, like his, his, his whole journey's over kind of thing. Yeah. It was weird. It put a weird spin on my I head. I need to... I, uh, that's
2: one of those tasks that I always tell myself I need to do, but you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. and that is go through my social media stuff and delete yeah the folks that
1: have the passed away
3: i uh, i still have a friend out my friend outlaw from the Rogan board i will never delete him well he's the only person that's still on my xbox once a in friend. a
2: once in a while you know somebody you know will it's their birthday and mm-hmm. and people will pop up and say happy birthday man i hope it's going good wherever you are blah 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 um and uh I you know, I don't know what value there is in that other than to make yourself feel
3: good well so often like on um, rem- especially on Facebook I'm, it reminds you hey I have a friend Nina Rage N- hey it's Nina's birthday and I was like oh yeah and then I remember that Nina's gone and that doesn't stop me from being able to say happy birthday to connect
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: and then uh, finally um, this is not someone who died but we're going to say happy birthday to Guru Dan Inasanto. Asanto absolutely 82 years young 82 yeah and I would not fight him at all no (laughs) no No. I have felt it no (laughs) I saw a great meme of him it was him um standing there with you know Kali sticks in his hand and and the meme said you know it's just an old Filipino man. What could happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's awesome. Dan Asanto. Yeah. Um, rem-
2: you know, it's funny. I remember back in the 90s when I was bringing him in, and I, I was doing a thing for the local paper, you know, explaining to people who this guy was. And uh, I had mentioned that uh, at that point he was, like, you know, nearing 60. and uh, <laughs> And I remember him and his wife, Paula, you know, like, yeah, yeah. We saw that. We saw that. Yeah, you you had to
3: mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, well, it was like a, it was like a bummer that like you know. I met uh, Kieko Fukuda. She's a tenth degree judo black yeah. belt once, and uh, and then she was in her eighties. Right. And uh, and it's those little telltale things like you're looking at this little tiny lady, and you look down at like where her her calf comes down to her ankle, and it's yeah. just. Thick cords of muscle, and yeah. you just you realize this eighty-five-year-old woman would whip my ass like <laughs> nobody's <laughs> business. I asked her when she go, she was talking about how uh, she goes, uh, she was t- telling a story about how someone tried to steal her purse, and she just kind of chuckled. She goes, "That's never happened." Before and I go, how'd that turn out? And she goes, she just looks at me out of the corner of her eye, and she goes, I don't think he's going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, holy shit! Anyway, uh, moving on uh, to new stuff. Uh, David Leach, who did uh, John Wick and all the rest of the shenanigans, sure. supposedly is remaking of the Dragon. And yeah, we is, hate it.
1: This
2: especially. is uh, this is like this is such bullshit. It's like, well, first of all. That plot has been ripped off so many times yeah. for so many movies. Yeah. And almost every martial arts tournament movie you can think yeah. of borrows heavily from Enter the Dragon. And, goddamn it, I don't care. I don't care who you find.
3: Yeah, It doesn't matter. Use you are not gonna give it to Donnie Yen. Won't matter. It won't matter. Give least, it to some unknown. It still won't matter. It still won't matter. Because we'd have known about him.
2: Already. Enter the Dragon is. I got it. Yeah.
3: They're going to give it to They're going to give it to Jason Momoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> Momoa. That's funny. No, I was thinking that little that little kid that's running around doing the brush Oh my god. Yeah, the, they just the, the, buy their the time.
2: YouTube. Yeah. I, I, and you know what? It'll be the same fight scenes. He'll, exactly. He'll, he'll, he'll just be mimicking the exact same thing. Like he's
3: doing They'll now They'll have to find some chunky kid to like fight him in the beginning scene. No, all I'm saying is, is you got. He's what now? Eight or ten? I guess. Couple of years in film development. Now he's twelve or thirteen. You dance around it for another year. Well, or you know years.
2: that's what's driving these parents to oh, make this kid stand in front of kid. this television.
3: You've seen. You can see it in those videos on that kid. They've got. They've got it mapped out with tape on the floor, like the whole triangle thing and the whole thing. You know
2: what's going to happen is this kid's going to be like, you know, he's going to get to an age and he's going to be like, "Fuck you, I'm done being your dancing monkey." I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to meet some
3: girl who's going (laughs) to fuck him, and then he's going to go, "What have I been wasting all my time for?" Yeah. Anyway. Do you uh, remember, but do you as you remember <laughs> Enter the Dragon
2: goes? Oh, my God. The Enter the Dragon. It's like, leave this. No. You don't remake Enter the Dragon. Yeah. No.
3: No. This no. is one of those things where somebody should have hit David Leach across the nose with a newspaper. Absolutely. Like, no. 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 Bad no. dog. No. Yeah, don't yeah. even try that. Yeah. Uh, after being in Mama Mia, Here We Go Again, Cher has decided to do a record of the ABBA songs. Well. Sure. <laughs> why not?
2: he yes. I, I was looking uh, oddly. If I didn't I, jump out a window I at the soundtrack. Well, okay. I, I was looking oddly, I don't know why, but I was looking at Cher's career the other day. hmm And, man, this this lady has been, for one thing, she's been around forever. She's in her 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um And... Has had. She's done everything. Yeah. She's won an Oscar for acting, deservedly so. She's a Moonstruck was great. Freaking oh, she was fantastic in in Silkwood too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and uh, and then she and and she she is able to, um. She's able to kind of occupy all these different spaces, mm-hmm. and and and. Whether they're they're done well or not, she owns it, and, and 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 it's just all becomes part of this this big circle of share, she, yeah. You know, and, yeah, exactly. Um, um, I didn't know, for example, that she had a rock band in like the eighties mm-hmm. called the uh, Black Roses. Or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that record. Yeah,
3: it it's was her that. and Bruce Cullick. Yeah. Because she was dating Bruce Color, but nobody, nobody hears
2: that no. stuff. But man. it's like
3: back in the day, there used to be a record, our uh, band called Blackjack. They had a guy, lead singer named Michael Bolton, and it turns out it's Michael Bolton. He oh just wow! Cleaned his name yeah. up, and and it's not terrible. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, it's so fun to go back and check out stuff like that. Remember right, uh, Sugar Ray? Yeah. Do you, you know they started as like kind of like this hard metal band yeah it's like <laughs> um
3: who's the keeping separated guys they, oh uh the offspring offspring they used to do music for like surf videos and that kind of yeah, thing yeah 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 yeah, absolutely toto the band toto if you listen to boss gag silk degrees that's yeah. that's just toto that's with them toto. singing yeah um kind of a cool thing today in the midst of all of this james not today this week james gunn amidst all this stuff right bob goldway wrote a put a letter out and asked was a letter to disney that said essentially i want you to take since i was in hercules yeah um, and since you took away guardians of the galaxy 3 from james gunn i want you to take my my likeness my voice likeness Off of this attraction, they're going to do because if you think he said bad things, you're going to really hate me. By the way, (laughs) you should probably do this. Take a look at James Woods too, because he's a fucking madman, right? Um, so it's weird that that you're starting to see this sort of groundswell of support for James. Well, I think I think
2: you know, like a lot of things. Like you know, we we had this. It's like a bubble, any kind of bubble, Mm -hmm. right? And I think we had the swell, mm-hmm. and I think finally people are starting to like, um, like hold hold hold. There's hold a on. huge
3: difference between Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein and James Gunn. Exactly, and you know, uh, yeah, it's, you you don't you don't shoot the guy who shoplifts. But I find it interesting that there is a certain stance of people that when something comes up. They're the ones that go, you're right, I was an asshole, and I deserve to lose all my shit, so I'm just going to leave James yeah. Gunn, um, Al Franken, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's other type that, no matter what, they, you know, they can be caught covered in blood and with a pistol in your yeah. hand, and it's like, man, ah, what's that shit, what's yeah, it yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. What's the Dennis Rodman line? Who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> well,
3: Let's see. Francis Conroy and Robert De Niro are in, are in talks to do this Joker Joker thing. Joaquin oh. Phoenix, Mar, uh, Martin Scorsese producing it. Um,
2: I mean, it, it's shaping up uh, at the very least, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you hear these names, um,
3: it sounded like a year Joker Year One.
2: I don't know what that means. Like a
3: like a origin thing, like, for once and for all, who this guy is, who, who, and where he, is he came from, yeah, yeah.
2: why is he the way he is, right. yeah, 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 and
3: finally dice through the disparate um, timelines, yeah. you know, it's like, is he joking? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know. it's
2: you know, it's a property that's ripe for all kinds of exploration, mm-hmm. especially, you know, uh, just as Batman was, yeah. you know, and... and
3: yeah, I think he's one of those characters like, let's say, Frankenfurter that the part of the interpretation is in, endemic to that actor. Right. You know, it's like Neil Patrick Harris in Heavy and the Angry Inch versus the guy from Dexter. You know, the characters are the same and they're written the same but right. they look very, very different, very different because of yeah. it's their own yeah. expression. Uh, Deadwood movie is officially a go.
2: Yeah. That, it, it was kind of like I don't know, on the fence Will we, for won't a while. We?
3: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Batman the Animated series coming to Blu-ray. In its entirety with Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. So I'm I'm kinda in. Cool. I don't know about buying so much social media these days, but you know, that may be something that I might have to buy. Yeah. Um Henrik Cavill. In an interview for Mission Impossible Fallout, says that him playing the the role that he did in Mission Impossible, he feels it would let him just sidestep into Bond.
2: I think he'd make a great Bond.
3: He's a big dude.
2: He's a big dude. I mean, we you know the, he, he, we've seen uh, Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and How
3: a good actor?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I sure why not? Uh, although I do think we're at a time where. Uh, and and maybe that's what Daniel Craig was like. We need a different Bond for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. And, uh, and
3: well, Daniel Craig had to happen so that we could put to rest the goofy Bond, the Roger Moore Bond, right? And the even the yeah. Pierce Brosnan to some extent. Even though I don't think I don't even think Timothy Dalton was that terrible. I I just really I just don't understand how you get a guy who in the first film literally shoots a guy in the back. Right. Suddenly, you know, the whole thing of him being a hero and the whole idea of him. There's a scene in Doctor No where he walks up to a steam room and there's a girl inside. She's all occupied. He's like, mm-hmm, and he kind of shuts the door. Right. Walks in and shuts the door. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, uh, but he's. I think he's. He'd be fine. Yeah.
2: Um. And he's British. Yeah. I. I. Yeah, I, I. I think he would be a really good choice if we are returning to. Um, a Sean Connery Bond. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, give me give me what I saw in *Man from U.N.C.L.E.* Yeah, as Bond, yeah. I'm kind of grooving.
2: Oh, give me George Lazenby, that's yeah. my favorite Bond. Really? Yeah. Wow. That one movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's my favorite Bond. Uh, Di- Him yeah. and David Niven, man. Yeah, Diana yeah. Rig and that is so good.
1: That's that's,
2: that's it's a cool so good. movie. I remember running around the house after watching that as a kid. And just, like, doing side rolls and shit from room to room yeah. with my gun drawer. With your fake gun. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll be honest, I still do that. When I, when I walk upstairs, I always put my hands together like I have a gun. Because I'm a dork. Let's see. Game of Thrones final season premieres in the first half of 2019. Yeah. And there and that doesn't even address the, the spin-offs. There's, like, two or three spin-offs. There are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I may not pay attention to those. <laughs> Judge Dredd, series pilot is written and ready. Will it be made and will it have Carl Urban in it?
2: And will it be on a channel that will allow you to be, to be as violent, violent as it, need to, as yeah, it needs to right. be? Yeah, you're right.
3: I have. didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah I just assumed that, like, yeah. Or it's going to be just like the movie, right? But you're right. Yeah. If it's on
1: like if TMZ, it's, if it's uh, the
2: EW. AMC or something, yeah. EW. Judge <laughs> Dread, the teen year.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Prepare to be judged.
2: Pa- what would it be? Like, Paige Dread.
1: <laughs> <It's> like
3: <laughs> Bailiff Dredd. Bailiff
1: Dread. <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, also come to Blu-ray, 4K, Trilogy of Terror. Yeah! That's
2: good news. Bam. That, I'm excited That's about. That's pretty groovy yeah, news. I don't
3: know what the extras are on it, but... Um, Hopefully there's something. I know. Yeah, I I've been trying to get Heather back because Heather's been working on a bunch of shit and I and I really. Uh,
2: well, be, that would be a cool show in and of itself. It's like it, it, the show is we're the bonus material. This is bonus today we're yeah. covering
3: bonus material. Yeah, and it's, yeah. 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 I yeah. just saw a, an article on her and the Ranger and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Shirley Jackson's The Lottery coming to the big screen. Um, adapted by Jake Wade, who this is bad news. He did that Hitcher, that reboot of oh the Hitcher. Oh God! Yeah, so that's not great news. But it's Shirley Jackson. Um, I wonder about that though, because the lottery is something like I would think that everyone is every everyone knows the MacGuffin, right? And so by knowing well, it, or everyone the, our age knows yeah. the MacGuffin. You had to read that Dude, shit. Dude, it's record. amazing. No
2: bullshit. You, like I. To this day, I will maintain, I was never required to read a particular book. And I, everybody always said, well, I had to read this, I mm-hmm. had to read that. I never had to read shit. Although, I grew up in a community where the first day of deer season, there was no school. So, keep that sure. in mind. Sure. sure um, and, and, and those books that everybody said they had to read, I just found on my own because I loved them. You have to, yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Animal Farms. Animal yeah, Farm, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely,
3: yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is doing a thing directed by Augustine Frizzell who did something called Never Going Back. It's called Stoned Alone and it's about a guy who gets high and forgets he has a plane, some shit. It's not that his parent it's home alone. But it's not that his parents leave him, it's just that he gets high and forgets. And it's like, dude, really, in the in the in this day Dude, or, you're the productive stars are the star we're still of doing this. Deadpool,
2: and you're. I don't get.
3: That. I'm sure it's a chuckle fest when you and your friends get together and smoke a, d- right. a doobie and you go, oh, oh wouldn't that be funny? Okay. But no, it's not funny. Yeah. Like no, I, it's yoga hosers. Yeah. 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 It's fucking strange brew yeah. with weed.
1: Strange. Um,
3: Frasier reboot. Uh, okay. Yeah, so why not? They're yeah. rebooting everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why not? It'll give... What's-his-name something to do? Kelsey Grammar. Kelsey Grammar, yeah. Um, they announced this week that AMC had looked into it, and they're allowing Chris Hardwick to come back to talk I to I saw that.
2: It. I saw that. And, uh, and there's, girl- there's so many different... I Like, I, I was listening to people arguing about this the other day. And uh, unlike some other cases of this kind of stuff. Um, I feel like this is a this is a multi sided die mm-hmm. with a lot of different things to look at. Right. And everybody has a point and everybody's point is valid. Agreed. Um so I don't know. It it'll be interesting if if nothing else to see what
3: Well AMC's position seems to be is we looked into it. He's good. Yeah.
2: It's like, all right. Well, you know, and good on them, you know, if that's, I do appreciate, and again, this is what we were talking about before, is like I kind of feel like this bubble is bursting Mm -hmm. or at least the mania is drying down and maybe now we actually start looking at things on a case-to-case basis Mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, drawing and quartering somebody because somebody said something. Right, agreed. You say that at the risk of, you know, being burned at the stake because, you know what I mean. That's I do. Why it's always such a touchy thing to talk about because it's like, um, you don't want you don't want to minimize anybody's... You don't. No, you know. On the other hand,
3: you also don't want to run someone a pillory that no. doesn't deserve it. Right. Exactly. So, and unfortunately, it's such a knee jerk. Issue that it's hard to say, even a call for objectivity is seen as a negative. It's like, oh, you're 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 trying to defend that terrible person. You you're one of them. I'll put a bullet in his head myself. Yeah. You know, just let's make sure that he deserves it. Right. Exactly. Um, Disney and Fox merger has been approved. And that means I read an article about the future of Dark Phoenix and the New Mutants is in the air. I don't think it's in the air. Dark Phoenix being a new X Men movie and New Mutants being a super dark kind of kids in an asylum thing Uh uh, for the C W or one of the streaming services doesn't matter. Um, But it's more underwear. These are yeah, but these are already things that are already shot, so they're not. Abandoning shit, right? So, but I think that it opens the door to a lot of stuff that I just hope it's not too late. Like by the time they get to a Fantastic Four movie, will this whole superhero wave have already crashed? I'm seeing signs of it left and right. You're seeing numbers are starting
2: to well it's, fluctuate. And it's I I I see Marvel and Star Wars as like mirrors of each other, mm-hmm. and it's like look. You make enough of this stuff, people are eventually going to stop paying attention.
3: Yeah, and, and we've been talking about that for yeah. for weeks now. Uh, Joe Lynch, um, remaking the French film uh, action film Point Blank with Marsha Gay Harden, Frank Grillo, and Anthony Mackie. Uh, Joe Lynch did Everly. He did. He handles action fairly well. He did uh, Wrong Turn
2: 2. Wrong Turn 2.
3: He did Knights of Badassdom. Right, right, right. Um, which we won't hold against him. Dude, that's a fun movie. It is a Can fun movie. But it, he even admits that he got fucked up from one end to the other on that yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. So I'm happy to see Joe make... I like Joe. I met Joe a couple times. Mm-hmm. I worked on Wrong Turn 2 with him and, and it looks great. I mean, he looks... He's a guy that kind of deserves it. Right. Um... I hated Holliston. I think Holliston just had the stink of Adam Green on it, and it just yeah. wasn't... Well,
2: I was just going to say, there's this association with Adam Green, and that's
1: kind of...
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, movie Pass shut down for a bit due to lack of money. They'd taken out a multi-million dollar loan to save solvent, but I don't know how long that's going to last.
1: Well, that's,
2: I mean, that's the problem when you got something that sounds like... You're good to be true. It's like oh, yeah.
3: I paid. You know, I, we've used it and yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um. The thing that I don't understand is is the movie theater's decision to say, um, I'd rather not. I mean, they're ch- they're charging Movie Pass full price, and the Movie Pass is the idea is that from a collected pool of money, they're paying for your ticket to go see Unbreakable or whatever. The right. Thing. Right. Right. Um. And that ne- The numbers never added up. So I thought that the movie theater is saying, like, listen, this is these are how many seats we've had. We've sold a third of them. We're going to sell these other ones off to you at a reduced price. That wasn't right. the case. So they're just burning through cash. Yeah. So I don't know how long it's going to be or uh-huh. whether, what it's, what's going to happen to the plan now. They've already added... Premium pricing.
2: Well, that's the that's the problem when you when you you know it's it's kind of like um kind of like Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. I can get sh- I can get shit cheaper through Amazon, right? Or I can buy something cheaper at Walmart. But what is it ultimately doing to the the, um, the providers of the of this product, right? right? You know, um, at some point you're going to, sure, people flock to you because it's cheaper, but you're going to drive, what you're paying for is going to go away because Mm -hmm. these people can't fucking afford to do it. Yeah, the model doesn't sustain us. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about monkeys having a tour, and then they abruptly cancels monkeys being... uh, yeah, uh, Na- Nesmith and Dolans. Right, and Michael Nesmith
2: just had a quadruple bypass. Jeez, quadruple bypasses are that's heavy. Yeah,
3: that's big time. That's pulling your heart out of your chest. My favorite it.
2: quote from from him talking about this is like, you know, the the one thing <laughs> is that it really hurts. It really <laughs> hurts. He's like, if somebody ever comes up to you on the street and offers you like a quadruple bypass for free, don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <It's hilarious. laughs> it fucking hurts. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max Landis is we he we've talked about. He's remaking American War in London for no reason at all, just because I think because his last name is Landis. Yeah. Exactly. Came. Yeah. But now he's talking about doing Creature from the Black Lagoon, and he and according to him, based on the success of Shape of Water. Yeah. There's an audience for it.
2: Well. Sure, but not by you. Yes, one, <laughs> not by you, and two, um, I think we did it already. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like I feel like the lesson to take away from Shape of Water is, oh, let's do that with everything, Mummy. Let's do that with Frankenstein. Let's yeah. do that, but yeah. don't
3: don't do another S- Gilman movie. It, but yeah, Christopher Black Lagoon. It's like Enter the Dragon. It it hinges on the suit, and if it, that suit doesn't yeah. work. If you take away
2: that design, that suit design, Creature of the Black Lagoon is a fucking boring movie. Yeah, it's Terrible. It's yeah. Yeah, but just watching that thing it's just
3: exist in space is
2: No boring. one still to this day, even after Steve Wayne did the, the, the amazing Gilman in, in Monster Squad mm. and we've had different different examples. Um you know, Doug Jones as the creature in, in, in Shape of Water, none of them touch yeah. That original fucking suit. Yeah. That thing is amazing. It's... Yeah. Oh, it's like, it,
3: you know, like a creature designer, you just look at that suit and you just marvel. You know, apropos of nothing, Um, I there was a trailer that didn't make the list this week that was described as Lord of the Rings meets The Descent. It, <laughs> it was dwarves <laughs> hunting for or whatever.
2: That's fucking cool. It's I a cool okay, idea, I right? It, yeah.
3: I forget what even what it was called. Oh my god. Could
2: you imagine it's like the dwarves are like they're down in this mountain looking for ore it and there's
3: the Exactly. Down there. Oh my god. And it's all, you know, the bow and stuff.
2: That's Time cool. Bandit, I I dropped it from the list. That's okay. we will find it. It's out there. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh Apple just snagged the rights for a TV series to Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits.
2: That's kinda cool, except that it's Apple and so where where do we watch it?
3: Yeah, I Apple TV. Do we, maybe? Do we have to
2: like I have to like subscribe to yet one yeah. more thing? Yeah.
3: Kinda. Yeah. Uh Peter Dinklage cast in an evil Rumpel Stilskin movie? Oh. Okay. Like, I thought that isn't uh, that like I just, it just seems that's the last thing. Given given it, like his role in Elf and the way he's talked about you know his stature and stuff. Right. It's, it's like t- I don't want to
2: play. I don't. I you know I don't want to play the dwarf. The dwarf. Or a, the, blah
3: blah blah yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah. But here I am, Rumble Stilskin. Alright. Sure. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Andy Serkis's Mowgli. Yeah. Picked up by Netflix. Nice. You know, so that will cool. be coming to your s- streaming yeah. thing. Oh, uh,
2: like I, like I, you know me. I spend. So much time going back and re-watching things. I went back and watched um, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll again. Andy Circus is amazing. Yeah, he's He's great. Yeah,
3: yeah, and it's so funny that he's he's known, you know, for For these for these motion control things. things. But man, if you get a
2: chance to check out Andy Circus as a straight actor, do it. Yeah,
3: Uh, the Cottage. He's always he's in the the Cottage. I uh, want to say uh, Death Watch.
1: God, I love that movie. He's He's great in Death Watch. That's a great movie. Yeah.
3: Uh, Buffy re- reboot happening. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Giles, sure. Joss Whedon being involved. Oh, of course. There's talk I heard last night on Fat Man on Batman that Sarah Michelle G- Geller coming back as the Giles character, training a new... Which makes sense. That would be fun. Uh, I don't know. Um, epi- <laughs> <laughs> I was never a fan. <laughs> Episode 9, Star Wars, will feature Carrie Fisher based off of footage that they have from all of her other performances. Uh, that's, that
2: just feels so gross. It feels like Grey Robbie yeah, to me. Yeah, like, let right. it
0: go. Yeah. You
3: know. Um, uh, according to Norman Lear in an interview, there are active remakes in the works for All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Maude, and Good Times. <laughs> now, to me, all of those, they're products of the 70s. Right. So, so unless... Oh they. My- they, they're what they're hanging their hat on is Netflix rebooted one day at a time, and with a Latina yeah, the family. Yeah, and, and did it do well? Yes, it did really well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Look at Fuller House. Did it do well? Yeah. I didn't watch they any of this like two shit. Two or three seasons of it, you and know, it's I'm like all the things you remember, but with new people. And, I guess, sure. I don't know. Um, man, I maybe we can do, like, a reboot of, like, Eight is Enough. Oh, but they're going to do... Yeah. <laughs> but they're going to do something <laughs> stupid. Like, they're going to do All in the Family with... But Archie Bunker's Asian. Uh, all right. right. Uh, all right. Fine. Well, the
2: obvious the obvious one would be to reverse the roles. You know, Archie Bunker is, is this cantankerous old black man who hates white people. But
3: that was the Jeffersons.
2: Well, ex- exactly. Like, it's like... This has all been done. I and Can you imagine some of those things being done today with? Oh, I the, never. Uh, people would
3: flip out, flip it, and make Edith racist. <laughs> da- there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Archie.
1: don't even get me started.
3: <laughs> October eighth, four K Blu Ray with a shit ton of extras. Lucha Fulci's City of the Walking Dead. Oh, I'm in. I'm pretty fucking excited about that. Cool I love album. that movie. Uh, going on to trailers. Uh, first up, uh, we get our first real look at James Cameron, Robert Rodriguez's Elite Battle Angel Yeah, this is the
2: second trailer, and uh, it gives us a lot more than the first trailer had. Uh, I'm I even did. more excited. Oh, I, well, in, in, I, I said something recently where it was like, you know, I watched this trailer, and it made me go back because I was one of Robert Rodriguez's biggest cheerleaders. Uh huh. And and then you know then they started making stuff that I just wasn't excited about, and I went back and I'm like, you know what, Spy Kids, yeah. the fucking cool movies. And if you're ten or eleven, oh my oh, god, yeah, it's so explosions. The point the point being is that you know it's easy to kind of. It's like when anything kind of gets to a certain point, you know, it's like Tim Burton, you know. Visionary, but you know now we hear a Tim Burton movie, we all kind of yawn. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Rodriguez. This, I think, has the potential to like fucking put him back on the map in a big I way. Agree. This looks
1: great.
3: It, a lot of it reminded me of the battle tank sequence at the end of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It looked cool, and I love the the cloaked figure that throws off its uh, its. It's robe and it's all metal. Yeah, I'm so in. This
2: this this movie looks badass.
3: Uh, Up next, documentary on Joan Jett called Bad Reputation. I'm in.
2: Um, totally. Uh, love Joan Jett. I I love her story. Um, it's cool. The only thing I worry about is if it's. I worry if it's going to be just a, a fluff piece. I didn't see mm,
3: they did. talk about it a little bit about how no one wanted to hear the runaway. Sure, sure. I don't know. I don't know. Well I kinda did I think it'd be great. I guess
2: I always kind of I watch with caution when the the, the person that you're doing a documentary on is talking a lot. Yeah. And that always that, that yeah. always makes me yeah. go, Okay, I'm gonna watch it because I love her yeah, but I'm I'm also going to be.
3: I'd love to see a companion piece with on Sherry Curry. Sure, yeah, 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 you know that kind of thing. Yeah. but yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in. Yeah. Uh Next up, a short trailer, uh, sci-fi blood machines. Um, this looks cool to me because I, I it's
2: it's indicative of of a certain type of movie that has been born in the last I, I'd say 15 years or so, where the it's a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a big movie yeah. because the technology has become so democratized that you can, you too, can make this amazing three D. Well, one thing. of the isn't it
3: produced by the Turbo Kid people? I wanted to say no, Turbo Killer,
2: which killer. I, had I had never heard. I never heard. Of. I
3: thought it was just Turbo Kid.
2: And, and no, it was Turbo it was Killer. Just, I, was, yeah. I was paying attention to that, and I'm like, what is that? Yeah, what is that? Which, yeah. but. uh this is one of those movies that looks like I will look at and go, man, these guys, you know, it's kind of like Iron Skies. Iron Skies is like, I look at Iron Skies not because it's a great movie, but because it's like, you guys really didn't have jack shit. come theory. And you were able to
3: do this, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Next up, Sam Rockwell comedy with a huge cast called Blue Iguana. Sort of that um, goofy criminals yeah we're uh, making we're doing a heist
2: yeah we're doing a heist yeah, 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 the yeah, blue yeah. iguana like the pink panther is the name of a particular jewel or, right. or a, a, a necklace that they're 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 trying to uh and it's uh I, like Ocean's 11 it's kind of a it's it's it looks like equal parts it's a funny movie and mm-hmm. it's a heist
3: movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sam Rockwell always great he's always good Next up, um, Rupert, actor Rupert Everett is acting and directing a bio on Oscar Wilde. Holy shit, this is Called The Good. Happy Prince, yeah. Man. I'm shocked that Oscar Wilde's life hasn't been adapted before. Well, it has.
2: Has it? it? Yeah, it has, and
3: I'm trying to remember. I don't remember, but Gosh. Rupert Everett so is so under, gets it with this. It's a. It's kind of a period piece, it's, it's doing its thing, and uh, Colin Firth is in it.
2: Yeah, no, it looks fantastic. Yeah, um, I mean. While we're talking, I'm looking at this other Oscar Wilde movie that I Yeah. because it's also good.
3: But yeah, it it's it's um he Rupert Everett seems to be buried under some latex. But yeah. you don't it doesn't it's not a sticking point for long. One of the
2: cool things is that it looks like they're really addressing um the when we think of Oscar Wilde, we think of this kind of hedonistic, mm-hmm. you know, but this is looking at, you know, he was part of this particular society, mm-hmm. and so the fact that he had, you know, male lovers was a liability, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and examined that, um, let's see. A
3: lot of the same ground, like the touring stuff on the imposter game and that kind of thing. Uh let's see. If you don't have anything right quick just Wild. Oh yeah, yeah it's, I've it's, seen that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's called Wild and and, and it, it's actually pretty good. It it doesn't it feel I is that uh I'm trying to remember. Uh, Stephen Fry. Yeah. Stephen Fry played Oscar Wilde. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Which was perfect. That nah,
2: perfect. Yeah. But this looks this movie looks amazing.
3: equally good. Uh up next, director Javier Gans, who did Frontiers, um a movie called Hostel, solo woman zombie flick. Kind of reminded me about of When the Sands Run Red.
1: A little bit.
2: We we've actually done this trailer before on this show. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I I don't know if this is a new trailer or not. It is. It, it tells
3: more a little more about the storyline.
2: Yeah. Um it's it's you know, it's it's post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Everything's brown. Uh
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And uh she's largely alone until she's not. Yeah. And you know, we see some some cool shots of like some shambling thing going by with making some weird like predator sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I I don't know what's going on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But it looks fine. It, yeah, looks, it looks well f- made. It was uh, I threw out out of the almost thirty something trailers this week. <laughs> I threw out most of the horror ones, and this one I kept just because number one, it's Javier Gens, and all the on the second side is just you know horror films. The trailers, it's just like yeah, I've been there before. Yep. Yep. It's like well, I'm looking at old you know vacation snaps of
2: anyway. The very end of of most horror trailers is like there's like this drop and it's silent and then. Yeah, (laughs) it's all jump
3: scares. (laughs) Uh, Up next, speaking of Peter Dinklage, um, I think we're alone now. It looks like a... Another post-apocalyptic thing. Right, but he's alone. Yeah. And I think it... it,
2: It's a very short trailer. We don't see a lot of what's going on. He's walking down the street.
3: Yeah, you get the impression he's hearing somebody, and that doesn't make sense because everyone's gone. Yeah. There
2: are X's in front
3: of houses, yeah.
2: so something horrible happened.
3: A lot of it reminded me of that whole "there are no phones ringing" from the Omega Man, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But it, but I think the interesting thing in this film is that it feels like that role was not written for a, a person of short stature. Right. It was just a role, and he was the best actor for it. Yeah. And I think that's That, that that's, is awesome, and that's the way it should be. And that's awesome. Up next, next netflix animated um the magic order
2: i'm i'm excited for this uh, i i i remember back when i was in in uh, art slash film school there was the, these action comics, mm-hmm. or, or these motion
1: Motion, motion comics. comics, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not full-on animation. It's, um, you know, people doing tracking shots through these panels yeah. and things. It kind
3: of reminds me of the old, you know, Spider-Man and yes. Fantastic Four things, yeah. where the guy would just be there, and it would move him across the screen. Oh, uh, clutch cargo. Yeah.
2: Where the only thing yeah. was the, the live person's mouth. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
3: But this looks yeah. cool. It's Mark Mike Millar. yeah. The comic guy and it looks the art very looks
2: cool. I it i I was engaged the whole time. I For was some like... reason
3: it made me feel like it made me think of a Scanner Darkly. I
2: was so paying attention to what they were doing. Now that I think about it, yeah, I have no, no idea, idea what, what it's to... about. <laughs> I was just like, This is cool.
3: Yeah. But it looks great. Mm-hmm. And i I'll, I'll at least check out an initial episode or whatever it is. Um up next, uh Jonah Hill directorial debut about a movie about skateboarding kids called mid nineties. Yeah. This looked good. It yeah. Looked better than I thought it was going to be.
2: It, it, it looks like a coming of age story um in the mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. Kids are on skateboards. It's a it's a what's different about it is that it's not a teenager. And it's not a little kid; mm-hmm. it's that weird that place tweenie. in between.
3: And he's trying to hang out with the older kid, yeah. and he gets pulled. Looks like he gets pulled into a lot of like some stuff. Shit and yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. It
1: looks but good. it looked good.
3: Yeah. I mean, he has an interesting style. It's a real almost uh, Dogtown and Z boys, right? Look to it's got it. Got a documentary feel to it. Yeah. it or, 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 uh, you know, watching it,
2: and maybe this makes no sense whatsoever. It reminded me of Tangerine. Yeah, because it does. It seems feel it's it felt very real. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: exactly. Up next, uh, Nick Nolte, Tim Roth in a revenge flick called The Padre.
2: This could be good or this could be
3: crap. Yeah.
2: Um, Tim Roth is a great actor.
3: Neither of them choose or take a lot of roles. No, uh, um, Nick Nolte is just being Nick Nolte. You not. know, just grumbling his way through, exactly. but there was enough going on that I was interested.
2: I'm interested because it's hard to tell from the trailer if you're supposed to root for this con man yeah. which is Tim Roth hiding out as a, as a, priest. a priest in Mexico I believe uh, yeah. or if you're supposed to root for the guy that's been wronged by this con man Who's the who's going snarly after. old man? Yeah, who's going and, after and the
3: the priest meets up with a young girl who is like starts to help him, yeah. for whatever reason. I and wouldn't
2: be surprised if she turns the tables on him at some point. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It, it
3: may be very much cliche, but on the other hand, it's just fun to watch those two guys this interact feels, with one another.
2: This feels like a movie that could have come out in the nineties. After the big Pulp Fiction splash, there was a lot of those. Yeah, like, the people around the time. To, remember
3: know. the Mel Gibson thing, Payback. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Around it, that same it time, it makes
2: me think of like Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, the Mexican. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things to do in Denver, when, Denver you're when, dead. when you're dead. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie.
3: Yeah. Uh, up next, song too. Um, Lesbian Killer Victim Revenge is what I wrote. Called What Keeps You Alive. It looks like a woman who is f- making other women fall in love with them, taking her to a isolated place and killing them. Yeah. And in this case, the victim she chooses doesn't die and fights back. Right. And uh, it looked gritty. It looked like that movie that just came out about the girl that gets left in the desert. Rampage? Not Rampage. Wow! there Oh, uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck was they, called? They, they
2: they they think they killed her, but now she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, I spit on your grave. Yeah, and um, this
3: kind of feels a little like that. Only it's two women. The
2: one the one thing I like about this, much like you were saying about the Peter Dinklage movie, it seems like that character was him. Him being a short stature has nothing to do with it. I, I feel like this movie, the fact that these are are two women who are married. Mm-hmm. um has has no, no barrier. Yeah, it's just
3: a relationship yeah. and yeah. it's these two characters
2: that are yeah. pitted against Basically, each other. Basically, uh you marry somebody, you don't really know him, sleeping in the bed with the enemy. Yeah. And now you you you're now you're screwed because you're married to the psychopath who's trying to kill you.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think it's on the honeymoon they go camping yeah. and that's the perfect cover. Yeah. So, it looks interesting. I don't I don't know that I'm going to rush out and see it. I think it's I'd like it for exactly what you just said. It's the... And I don't even want to use the word normalization, but it's like the 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 fact that they're a gay couple is beside the point. Yeah, and and right. let's just move ahead with yeah, the yeah. story. Um, finally, um, a family drama starring Harry Shannon and, and Hilary Swank called What They Had. Blythe Danner is a mother with Alzheimer's, I think. Yeah. Robert Forster is the dad. This looks brutal. It looks like if you... I, I not recommended for people that have
2: actually friend, have all yeah that kind of family, family drama yeah uh, yeah uh, it, it, an acting tour de force yeah. is, was what this everyone's like. acting everyone's their ass. yeah 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 um, yeah yeah and and but it also what I like about it is that obviously it's sad um, but they're also finding it's it's a slice of real life what do you mm-hmm. do you find humor in real life yeah. right you laugh at the things that you know I, I love. From the trailer, I love Robert Forrester's character. He's, he's like, you know, his his elderly wife. You know, believes she's getting ready to have a baby, and he's like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, we saved all your baby clothes just for
3: you know. He's he's yeah, he's, he's in. all on board. Yeah, well, it's and I've seen that in real life where the people that like I don't understand what's happening, but. But I love you. We're and, having fun. And, yeah, exactly. And I'm putting on a good face yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on to what we've been watching. Um, I'll go first and say nothing.
1: Oh not a single thing.
3: That's a rare thing. I know. I we 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 just got busy and the weather's been nice yeah. and um we tried to go to the movies but this movie thing movie pass thing happened and I
2: went back and re watched Bound. Right. Which we talked is, about that at class Band. And uh, and 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 I had remembered what I remembered because I'm a dude. I remembered how sexy it was, right? And man, that's a fucking good movie. It's a great movie. It, 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 like the cinematography. You know, it's it's very clear that this was this is our resume. We tried to bring you the Matrix, and you said no because we're nobodies. So we're gonna make this movie to convince you mm-hmm. to, to let us make the Matrix. And man,
1: they—they—that's
3: yeah. a badass. It fires fire. on all cylinders, yeah. on all the noir cylinders, yeah. all the the murder mystery thing, and it's, yeah, it's gorgeous. Great.
2: You, you and, and you fucking hate Joe, what's his name? Joe Pesci. Yeah, 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 it's like it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
3: and it's and it portrays this talk about like real relationships. Yeah. Like that exactly. that develops over time, yeah. and and all of the. I think they really captured a lot of that hesitancy in the beginning, yeah. and and one of the greatest. I'm not even going to talk about woman on woman sort of scene. It was like one of the greatest shot love scenes of all time. Oh yeah, time. It's, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah.
2: great. This movie's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's good.
3: Um, are you, you reading? Can... Go ahead. Uh, well, are you reading anything? It's day in the mail.
2: Ah, I got. I'm holding look you at this. Hand. Okay, so, worn magazines, creepy. Issue number 79, in my opinion, is one of the greatest things ever produced. Period. I don't care. Movies, literature, art. I love that thing. This is issue number 81, and I think it comes in second place. Nice. The
3: cover's beautiful. This
2: this thing is, is, is fantastic. Um, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, holy crap, Creepy was a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this particular issue has... Um, several um, weird war stories, which I really like. It's mm-hmm. got um, it's got uh, Battle Rot. It's got Gremlins or, or uh, Branigan's Gremlins. Um, Wings of Vengeance is is like this amazing story of this beautiful man whose face gets destroyed by his tyrannical father. Um, there's one called War. that takes place in the future. Close Shave. I know these names mean nothing to most people, but to me, like when I hear these, I'm just like. These occupied such a huge part of my life mm-hmm. and 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 I can and I remember every panel billy Carr and the and the Molly wombles, man, I wanted to make that into a movie when I was ten like <laughs> like it's um, this is so this is what I'm gonna be reading and rereading oh that's awesome
3: yeah uh, I'm still reading the Andrew Vox book, and i my opinion has not changed. He takes he they they've set something up now that uh yeah i he just takes great delight. In yeah. fucking people pull over. Um, not in a bad way. Like, like they deserve what they get. Sure. But once once he's there doling like, out punishment... We're going to relish this. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this. <laughs> uh, are you listening to anything?
2: Um, so, just the other day was the 41st um, anniversary of what I think is the greatest disco song of all time, and that is Donna Summer's um, mm. I Feel Love. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it sent me into this disco nice uh rabbit hole. And you know, it's disco's one of those things where it was it was real easy for us, you know, at the time to kinda go, well, as as it was ending, disco sucks, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, it's awful, blah 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 Take away now that all this time has gone past, and you take away all the silly clothes and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and you just listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Um It's fun. I yeah, mean, it is great. pure. It's just pure fun, and I mean, and if you if you listen to it, man, disco songs have a lot of like orchestration. They had a lot of strings. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot going on. That there. was part of the sound. What was, made I think what makes a disco song is that beat, right? Mm-hmm. It's got that. Yeah, 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 and um, and. It's led me into these other places, like things that I knew about that I had forgotten about, like the Star Wars disco album. Mm -hmm. Miko. But Miko. But also discovered something I didn't know existed, and that is Ethel Merman's disco record. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: (laughs) There's a time when everyone did one.
2: Everybody did a disco record. Yeah. Every big rock star did a disco song. Uh The Stones did a disco song. Rod Stewart, it it resurged his career. Yeah, with a disco song. Kiss, mm-hmm. I was made for loving you. Is yeah, a disco song. Blondie, Heart sure. of Glass
1: is All a disco that song. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: If you ever get a chance, Grace Jones's portfolio is oh. one of the greatest disco records ever. Yeah, absolutely. And I also like going back and
2: exploring like this. The beginning, like where it wasn't, it hadn't become what it was going to become. It wasn't the Bee Gees yet, and it was kind of growing out of this. Uh, uh, there's there's like this weird gray area where funk. And disco mm-hmm. are kind of coming together. Yeah, and um, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time um, is The Hughes Corporation um,
1: "Rock the boat. boat." Yeah, yeah,
2: man, I love this. That's song. a great song. That is a great song.
3: It's a great song. Anyway,
2: that's what I've been kind of spending my listening. That well, that and um, I, I I mentioned it last week, but it, and I like. Anytime, like, I'm doing something, I'm getting ready for work or whatever, it's, it's earth, it's all drone metal. Right, all like, right. Because, you know, I'm strapping on my gear for work, and I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> bum, <laughs> bum, bum. last night I had to take out a guy that uh, had, like, this big-ass knife on his side, and I'm
3: just like, in my head, it's like, you know, it's just, <laughs> <"Bum."> <laughs> 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 uh, I fell down a well the other day of, Commercial Halloween commercials from the Ooh. '70s and '80s, and like like, you know, Taco Bell commercials that are like <laughs> promoting <laughs> these buckets that you would get your tacos in that, but they doubled as um, a trick or treat basket and all yeah. that kind of stuff. There's hours of it on on YouTube. That's cool. Have they ever
2: released like a like a you know since Simpsons has been forever. Uh, like just a DVD of the Simpsons mm-hmm. Halloween episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure they have. It's not
3: right? like a big box set. They do one, you know. Well, you, one percent. you, per you probably fit them uh, all
2: on one, one. disc. Sure. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. I love all that stuff, yeah. and even even you know. Luckily for YouTube, like I say, you can find all it. You can find you can find the Portland Paul Halloween special. Yeah, and it's great. And one of the, one of the cool
2: things, you know, set aside all the, the all the roseanne bullshit of recent times one of the cool things was every year was their halloween roseanne episode, the
3: roseanne bar halloween episodes were, were great Were great yeah uh let me see what am i i have a bunch of stuff but i'm going to just pick out a couple things number one uh marika takuchi the album's called melding piano based beautiful mm-hmm. just beautiful um, I found a guy I was watching what's in my bag from amoeba records right and i was talking they were talking to Kamazi Washington who's got a record out called Heaven and Earth right that I also heard and it was really good so that led me he got really excited about a guy named ed Moda ed it's m o t t a um the record i first heard record i heard was dos dupla ed Moda it's awesome. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's it's sort of new jazz, but it's from the 70s, and it sounds like new jazz in 2018. Uh-huh. But it's from the 70s and 80s, and he's been making records forever. Um, Meg Myers, take me to take me to the disco. Speaking of disco. Uh, Soundtrack to Leave No Trace, the Ben Foster movie. I think I sent you a link on that. Uh-huh. Um, it's beautiful, very acoustic, very um, not quite Americana, but pretty fucking close. Sure. Um, Mission Impossible f- um, Fallout, the score is generic. Uh, there's a new Jan Hammer.
1: Oh, um, wow.
3: Called uh, Seasons Part 1, and it's great. It's It sounds like... Does it sound like John, John Mark, Homer. It yeah. sounds like Miami Vice meets Jack Beck. Um New Boss Gags is out and it's terrible. Um Boss
2: Gags is one of those guys that I think he, he was like it was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. yeah. Shining Moment or yeah. Silk
3: Degrees and maybe middleman yeah. and that's it. Uh, D. Snyder has a new record out of oh, For the Love of Metal. I was gonna say, do you have
2: anything for the beer drinking crowd? I do. And and, and and for the love of metal is fucking badass. Do you liked it? Yeah. It sounds like a Rob it's Zombie record. Mr. Sister himself yeah. like,
3: fucking making metal. It's like Yeah, a it's a Rob Zombie. It sounds like yeah. a Rob Zombie well, record.
2: Well, it's all these it's all these people from all these different walks of metal uh mm-hmm. coming in and basically doing session. No,
3: nah, I didn't know that. That makes more yeah. sense. So like all these cats playing on
2: this album. They're all from big metal bands. Nice. and, and, and
3: yeah, You would think. He's like royalty. Yeah. Um. And then I also smart heard. a smart guy. It, yeah. I uh, have a couple of screwy ideas, but no. I do like vaccine, but that's okay. Uh, God damn it. Uh, OTEP has a record called Cult 45. I in my review of it I wrote it, it it's a it sounds like a quote woke limp biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like limp biscuit and all of the lyrics are like fuck Trump and it's, it's all right but it sounds everything sounds it's like that. Bro rock for
2: the anti it's Trump way people. Way bro
3: rock. <laughs> uh and then the Catchalls there's a group called Van Jess the record's called Silk, Silk Canvas it's it sounds like India Reed if you know okay. India Reed. yeah. Um, David Holmes' soundtrack to Mosaic is kicking. The aforementioned Kamazi Washington is great. And then um, uh, The
1: Fist of Fury
2: thing is cool, man. Yeah, that's the Kamazi Washington. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's a three-disc set. I mean, it's good stuff.
2: uh, But again, if you're not if you're not familiar with the movie, or I haven't watched it a hundred times, it's good. It's going to be lost
3: on. Yeah, times. what he does is literally the theme song Just to the, Fists of Fury, man,
2: and nails it. By the way, Bruce's movies had the coolest fucking themes, yeah. man. I love for Way of the Dragon, Return of the Dragon. Yeah, da da na, <laughs> da, <laughs> da. Oh. Hey. It's like you can hear. It's like oh, it's it's not. It's not, um...
3: You know that all that shit came out of just generic it's library. It's not Anyo Mediconi, but it, it's, but it still. sounds like it, you know. Uh, and then finally, I just a couple things. There's a Gary Owen record, a uh, Jared Logan comedy record. Those are recommended. Brody Stevens, Live at the Main Room, sucks. Tom Arnold, Past and Present Imperfectly. Oi. <laughs> what are those people that you're just like how did this happen well what got me onto that was I had he's got some show on vice called the Trump tapes where he's searching for the apprentice tapes of Trump saying the oh, n-word right, and, right, right. and it, it it we're, we're, make any this
2: sense. this search is like has become the show.
3: Yeah, it's like looking for Bigfoot. Yeah, it's like yeah, and it's <laughs> heavy, and it's it's uh, the footage I saw was Tom Arnold like heavily sha sitting in like harsh light, heavily shadowed, going, uh-huh. "What did he know? And when did he know?" It's like, you're you're our guy. You're making content for,
2: like, you know. I mean, I guess good on him. You know, I mean, like. I don't know.
3: Hey, kind of like the, the UFO guy,
2: guy from, like, uh, Blink, you know, 182. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. All right. We're good. Thanks all right. again. Thanks again to Cody Goodfellow for coming on. Um, Fantastic. That's always a pusher. Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, we got a painter coming on, I think. if yeah. we, If it all works out, it's painter Jim Pavolek. That is the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So if you like of, talking about process and yeah, a lot of creativity stuff. and a lot of good stuff coming up, and then hopefully
2: some drunken stories. I don't know. What then I was hoping for that.
3: Uh, we're kind of at a point now where we booked a bunch of people, and we're at the end of that, and so we're. It's I'm kind of fun it. that we get to look forward. So, if you guys have any ideas of the pe- anyone you want on, let us know. Yeah. Facebook page, talk to us on Twitter, we're, all, we're both of us are on Facebook. We're already talking well, to Spielberg, so don't don't yeah, send yeah, his yeah. name.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: But we want we just want an idea because um and we j- oh, I'm going to tease this. We just booked a show where a returning guest and a new guest are going to come on and talk about uh, something badass. Something badass. Something a film something from 1982. Something weird and pissed off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're really excited about it. But but good stuff coming up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. Please go to the our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash the uh, bonus material podcast. Um, and if you can sign up, because we're going to start pumping up some patron only content. We've got
2: some we've got some cool shit coming
3: up. Alright, so for the bonus material podcast, I'm Tom Carnell.
2: And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.
1: So far. what? Eat